Don't you know the rules? What rules? You don't... Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Uh, have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin, it's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back! The Carpenter Rants. All right. Sounds good? Yes. Sounds good. This is it. This is it. We're talking about our screen tonight. This is it. With Cravens. Nice your movie, but not the one with the dead pedophile that haunts your dreams. This is it. He wasn't a pedophile in the original run. He wasn't a remake. Oh, yeah, that's right. A little, little he retcon. Was, yeah. Little. He's just a child murderer. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's harmless enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to TCR 90s Nightmares. <laughs> Two nobodies. Ooh, little old school. <gasps> Uh, talking about the masterworks of the uh, horror genre in the 1990s decade, never, uh, never really got that. Uh, what? Never really got that smoothed out. Just didn't know what I was going to say every week, and said a variation of hey. that. Never sounded great. And almost a hundred episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> Were those nobodies? I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. <laughs> you wore your scream shirt. I did. That's great. Uh, Kendall's not here tonight. Uh, just she so. will not be joining us. She was looking forward to this, and now she can't do it. Thanks, life. Well, you're stuck with the. Uh, were you stuck the with OGs. these? Yep. Um, go back to the archives. Check those out. Um, lots of lots of lots of gold back there. And maybe we can spin a Fool's little... Fool's gold. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening, TC. <laughs> maybe we can spin a little bit of that gold here tonight. We'll see. Um, so, our our entire 90s series was predicated on uh, getting to this franchise. Yep. Um, and also, it was just fun. But you mm-hmm. were the one that had the idea. You recently uh, gave Scream another shot. I did. Um, this is a movie that you didn't care for originally. I did not like. Mm-hmm. A, a history of not liking these uh, this franchise. It was the same way before, and I think I went back maybe last Halloween, mm-hmm. and I watched the first one. I was like, man, this is really good. I'm, and I was telling you, I'm like, I think you got to watch it again, I, man. I, I got Stars, a free trial of Stars, to watch something for the Stephen King series. And I uh, saw that Scream was on there, and I was like, you know what? 
it's been 20 years. I think I'll give it another whirl. Pick them up. And then I watched it and I was like, I am a fool for not liking this movie. It is amazing. Not at all. Here's the here's the thing about here's the thing about great movies. What it boils down to is that I was a I know what you did last summer purist. So <laughs> oh, is that Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar over Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox. Thank That's you. Very true. Um, this is what this is the great this is the thing about great movies or music or TV shows or whatever. Um, they're just always going to be there, being great, mm-hmm. waiting on you to come around. Like that's just what it is. So there's plenty of stuff um, that I'm on record uh, saying that sucks. And then later in life, I go back, I revisit these things, and I'm like, oh, you know what? This, there's some merit to this. And, or, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty rare that I can't find something good about it. But there are, there are those things in life where I, I revisit it, and I'm like, you know what? That was actually pretty good. Yeah. And um, I thought Scream was one of those, and I was super pumped um, that you were on board when you rewatched it. Which, mm-hmm. when I was watching it, when I was telling you about it, I was like, dude, I, I think you need to watch this movie. Like, this yeah. is everything we've been talking about. I don't know why I, I didn't like it. I, I honestly don't. I'll tell you, and it's something I think we're going to talk about a lot tonight. Um, so, uh, Doug and I are covering all four. I had only seen the first and second one. Yeah. I never went past it. Yeah. And so, um, I was like, these are horse shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what my deal was. Um, so we're going to cover all four of these tonight, but we're going to keep coming back um, and we're splitting this up into two weeks. So this is two episodes, big two part season. Mega cast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I think, and I, about when this came out, like it, it's very, um, especially the dialogue is real cutesy about like it being about movies and stuff. So even though I enjoy these movies now, there's still moments of dialogue where, I mean, dude, I can hear my eyes rolling. Like, it's just, there's some there's some cheese dick dialogue through kind of sprinkled throughout well, these Well, it movies. was original, so I, I, I forgive the, the cheesiness well, of it. It of was, but I'm, I'm saying, like, when you're, like, a teenager and you saw this, mm-hmm. like, you're probably not going to be nearly as forgiving of that, because I know that I wasn't. Like, when I hear stuff like, uh, would you settle for a PG thirteen romance? I'm like, barf. Like, uh, I can it, see. It just wasn't that. I don't. I honestly couldn't tell you my mindset. I guess it was because it was so popular, and I was one of those people. Oh, it's popular, so I'm just gonna hate it by default. Same. Because I'm I'm the cool guy. Absolutely the same. Um, but I, I don't know. Just. I guess we'll just More go like in. the fool guy. <laughs> Good night. Get this fly. Out. Get that fly out of my face. Um, well, we're gonna break them down, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, top to bottom, we're gonna start with uh, Scream Three. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. we have a weird no. Uh, we're gonna start. With, <laughs> go hard out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're gonna start with. Uh, we're gonna start with Scream. Yeah. And Doug. <clears throat> Why don't you give me some of them? Uh, just give me some of them fat deets. Dates about the original Scream. The original Scream came out December twentieth, nineteen ninety six. Christmas time. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> With a budget of somewhere between fourteen and fifteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Not pinpoint it here for some re- reason. 
and the return. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. $173 million. This yeah. thing was a phenomenon. Monster hits. So you're getting 20 sequels in a TV show whether you wanted it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, just right out of the gate. Horror's back, folks. Yeah. I didn't realize this came out around Christmas time. Yeah. And made fucking tons of yep. money. Wow. A lot of people going to see this on Horror Christmas was pretty Day. much dead in this time. There, there were still horror movies what coming out. What year did you say? I'm sorry. 96. 96. Okay. But it wasn't as profitable as it was in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. So everyone, like, people weren't even fucking around with horror. They would put them out, but it was like straight to VHS or no you one know, got a, a, lot, a big budget for it. Yeah, small budget. They're happy to make whatever their return is. And they were they just took a chance. Take a chance on me. On well, the, uh, a no-name screenwriter's script. And then, of course, you bring in old big dick Wes Craven. Let's he, see what, he turned it down twice. Did he really? Mm-hmm. And wow. before he... Uh, he went to a convention and he saw a, a kid there that was all like, um, when are you going to do a horror movie again? He's like, I've been doing horror movies. He's like, no, no, like a good one. And he was like, oh, okay, maybe I need to get back to my roots. Let's see. So, um, People Under the Stairs was in 91. Yeah. And then uh, he doesn't direct a mo- another movie until 94, which is New Nightmare. Yeah. He follows that up with Vampire in Brooklyn in 95, mm-hmm. and then Scream, 96. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was just curious what he'd been doing right before he dove into... I mean, uh, like, the fan wanted Scream. the more hardcore, visceral stuff, like, uh, you know, Last House and um, oh, yeah. Hills no. Have Eyes and all that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, no, I was just curious, like... I was just curious OG, what, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, let me click on Scream here. And what's this cat's name? I was Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you will notice, too, that horror, any horror movie that comes out post-Scream, like in like 97, 98, everyone's trying to copy, copy. that Scream <laughs> yeah. dialogue. <laughs> like everything's super like meta and upfront and and, you know, so... Uh, that kind of thing happens. Uh, it was like The Matrix came out in 99, and then for like five years, every action movie, everyone's wearing black leather all the time. Yeah, the X-Men series yes, was casualty doing, to that. Yeah, they're doing tons of like slow-mo jumping through the air. Like, it's yep. just, that's what happens. If you make crazy money, people are going to steal your style to try mm-hmm. to just trick people into... Yep. It's like every time there's a new uh, Transformers movie, there's a new uh, DVD out called Transmorphers to confuse your grandma because yep. that's what so they you do. get it for Christmas. Yep. Um, all right, so uh, so they bring in Wes Craven because come on, he's a fucking mm. Nightmare on Elm Street guy. As amongst they offered many it to Sam Raimi and he turned it down. Really? After Wes uh, rejected it the first time. Man. There's also another horror uh, director of note, and I'm totally blanking on it right now. That turned it down. So they were they were they were either looking for they wanted a horror director because yes. gotcha. um, they read the script and they're like, "This is gold. Mm. This is this is going to blow up." Sadly, the Weinstein's were the ones who handled it. Dimension Films. Yep. A little offshoot of Miramax. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so. Uh, there are tons of, I'm just going to say about 
the first scream overall like this movie is fucking amazing yes um it is so good like even even the stuff i was like talking about earlier like the cheesy dialogue like that does not hinder my appreciation for it at all in fact because of what this movie is it works yeah like you really gotta like buy into it um However, I was thinking about this on the way over here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our main characters' name is Billy Loomis. Um, Williamson, uh, his favorite movie of all time is Halloween. Halloween, yeah. There's a they talk about Halloween a lot in this movie. Yep. Do they at any time make reference to the fact that his name is Loomis? No. Okay. No. That bothers me right away because I'm just like they they are talking about John Carpenter's Halloween a lot in this movie. And there's a character named Loomis, and they're pointing out the horror throughout, but no one ever's like, no. isn't that weird that that's his name? Nah. Nah. I'm just saying. I think it's a little too on the nose. That's why they didn't say anything. Yeah, then I... It, exactly, but I don't know. I, I was... I I'd never thought about that until the drive over here tonight. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man, that guy's name is Loomis, and I don't think anyone was ever like... Weird, because we're like literally talking about Halloween in every scene of this. Mm-hmm. But uh, I digress. Um, okay, so the movie opens the the whole opening sequence of this movie is most of, phenomenal. Most of these movies in the franchise, the opening sequence is awesome. Mm. It is. Mm-hmm. This one being the best, of the, course. It's perfect, iconic. Like, um, so you got Drew Barrymore. Who was cast as Sydney? Really, and it was her idea to uh, to uh, change and be the opening kill. I like it because in her mind she was like, you know, I'm I'm famous, mm-hmm. so if they see me, they're like automatically, oh, she's going to go through the whole movie. Yep. So to throw them off, I want to be the one that gets killed. And they were like, that idea is brilliant, but now you've set us back a little bit because we got to fucking find another Sydney. Um. It's a great, it's a great scene, um, and, and if you've seen Scream, I mean, it's just it's so iconic. Like, at the, it's iconic now. Like, yeah. when you saw it before, it was just cool, but now it's fucking mm-hmm. twenty years later, whatever it is. Um, yeah. It is twenty plus years later. Twenty two. You say ninety six or ninety seven? Yeah. I don't know why I can't remember ninety six. Um, twenty three years later, like it's just one of those you know uh iconic opening moments so yep. uh excuse me a little burp uh drew barrymore is alone mm-hmm. she popping some popcorn on the stove jiffy pop yeah the house phone rings kids now back in the day <laughs> uh we didn't have cell phones and if we did it was an odd you know that thing hanging up at your grandma's house <laughs> yeah. well we used to talk on it <laughs> used to be a phone in the house and at least it was cordless you walk around there's yeah. a point in time they were attached to the wall with a cord. Um, but, yeah, so the phone rings, and, uh, I mean, we get, we just get right into it. She picks it up, and we mm-hmm. hear uh, the voice mm-hmm. on the other end. Um, and, again, it's another thing. It's just, like, this voice is iconic now. Yep. Like, it was just... It's when kind they of hired a, the voice actor, totally blank on his name. Maybe I'll remember. I'll Kevin something. When they hired him, Wes made absolute sure that none of the actors saw him 
Like he kept that. them from them at all times, and he was really calling them on the phone. Nice. And talking to them, and he redubbed his dialogue, of course. Yeah. But Roger Jackson. Roger. Roger. Yeah. I don't know why I said Kevin. Um, or did I say Roger? I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm asleep. No, you, you said Kevin. But, okay. uh, yeah, Roger Jackson uh, plays uh, the voice. The voice. Um, so he calls her, and... And if you've seen this movie, um, if you haven't, go fucking watch it. But if you've seen this <laughs> if you movie, haven't, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know the the game that he likes to play on the phone is what's your favorite scary movie? Yes. Um, well, first he's asking her what she's doing. She explains she's going to watch a, a scary movie. A scary movie. And uh, what's your favorite scary movie? And then now he starts like playing the mind games, mm-hmm. which is what this character is. Um, gonna do throughout these movies well even though it's like a different person in every movie but um, which is also interesting um, because and you can correct me because I may not know that well but usually like a slasher franchise you're dealing with the same character for most of the most of the entries and yeah there are always exceptions yeah uh, Roy uh, comes to mind but um yes What's interesting about this franchise is every movie somebody else is throwing on the uh, Walgreens costume, mm-hmm. and uh, which is another thing. That's that. It's another thing that's, that's awesome uh, about it. What makes it beautiful? This thing, Could uh, be anybody. this costume is available everywhere, mm-hmm. and anyone can be this so for guy. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. You might be the guy. <laughs> they found the mask. What Craven was doing some uh, um, uh, scouting for. Mm-hmm for houses and stuff uh, and he walked into a room and that mask was just there in the room and he was like holy shit I like this he took a picture of it sent it to his crew and was like hey can you make a copy of this so we don't have to get the rights to this mask you know our own version of it yeah. they're like sure so they made a bunch of them and he was like none of these look good so they went and got the fucking permission to use it nice mm-hmm. I wonder if one of them was the first couple seasons of the MTV one uh, let's hope not Woof. And uh, they originally were going to put him in a white robe. And they were like, this looks like a clan member. Let's not do this. <laughs> no, he looks great. You yeah. have the mask hanging on the wall. I sure do. Right next to my Roy Max Love mask. It. What did that set you back? Well, my Roy mask? Your, uh, I know you made the Roy the, mask. I made the Roy mask. Uh, the uh, ghost face mask was five bucks. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And that's the face. Like, yeah, I got it at Walmart. Yeah. Well, I got that one at Spirit, but Walmart has them too. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is the game that he likes to play. Apparently, whoever this killer is, very knowledgeable about horror movies. And this is the trope. This is the gimmick kind of behind this slasher. Yeah. Yes. Um, is it, and I like this, and it's something I'm going to touch on again later. But I like a horror movie that exists in a world that knows what horror movies are. Yeah, first time for that. Yeah, however, mm-hmm. um, like they don't. Not everyone necessarily needs to be like a trivia machine. Yeah, but I, th- <clears throat> I think I like it because it makes the characters do things that aren't stupid. Yes, except that every once in a while somebody still does. Because <laughs> it's real life, and when you panic, you do stupid stuff exactly. sometimes. Like so, the most famous one being Sydney. To jump ahead a little bit, uh-huh. we'll come back. When um, Ghostface calls her for the first time, she's all like, you know, I don't like horror movies. It's insulting. It's about some big boob girl that runs up the stairs when she should be be running out the door. Yes. And when she's being chased, the first thing she does is run Run up the stairs. Run right up the stairs. Anyway, Um, back to the beginning. Exactly. So, uh, Drew Barrymore is playing Casey. 
Uh, Casey's on the phone, so this kind of turns into she gets a little creeped out with a voice, hangs up on him a couple times, and uh, and he does a thing which they repeat in every movie, and it's effective or it's not, but it's when he gets real angry and his he raises his voice. Yes. That first time it happens, it's it's unsettling. It is, um, and you see as the franchise goes on, they try to recreate that moment a few times, um, like the head tilt in Halloween. Yes, you do it right the first time, and you yeah. keep doing it, and you're like, stop. Yeah, then once you once you see it, you're like, um, so. Uh, basically, um, she, he has, uh, he has Casey's boyfriend tied up, like taped to like a Steve? lawn chair. Steve, I believe. Yep. Steve, I believe. <laughs> um, I believe that it's Steve. Uh, or Kelly peed on a bunch of people and maybe raped some people too. Um, <laughs> what's up? He dies. <laughs> but in 1996, uh, that's what year we're in. He's still our hero. So, um, <laughs> Um, might still be some people's, and uh, so Steve's. I guess his name is Steve. We'll say we'll just say it for argument's sake. Steve. Uh, Steve's duct taped to a lawn chair outside, and basically, uh, uh, Casey has to get the, uh, the questions right, harder, harder trivia questions correctly, mm-hmm. or Steve's gonna die. Yep. Um, of course, uh, Ghostface hits her with a curveball. Um, who's the killer on Friday the 13th? And she's so panicked, she just shouts out Jason. But of course, she says it 15 times. Yeah. Jason, Jason, it was Jason, Jason, Jason. Um, a similar thing will happen in one of the later movies. Uh, Roy, Roy, Roy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but of course, he's talking about Pamela Voorhees, and then uh, we gut Steve like right open, mm-hmm. which is pretty gnarly looking. Ghostface loves to show him some intestines. He does. Um, and I love to see him. Uh, <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so, uh, of course, now um, Casey, like, of course it turns into, like, he smashes through the door. He's, like, terrorizing her throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghostface does uh, his first of many just uh, popping out of nowhere. Um, yeah. It's... Also, there's a lot of times Ghostface is in the room right next to you, and like he's not made any noise, even though he's been on the phone with you the whole time. Yeah. Until boom, he like pops out, yeah. uh, which is one of the things I like about the character. But you also find out as you go on, sometimes Ghostface is more than one person. Mm-hmm. Um, what I absolutely my favorite thing about Ghostface, and it's um, uh, prevalent in all the films, is that this motherfucker is clumsy. God, he falls he over. He falls all over the time. everything. Well, as which makes it real. It does, but also as you find out, the people that are inevitably are ghost faced throughout the franchise, they're just people. Just people, yeah. And uh, they're not trained killers, not and they're taking their um, they're taking their <clears throat> pointers from uh, movies, horror movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're trying to imitate something that's not real, and thereby falling over tripping the first one and the fourth one that, that motherfucker is falling everywhere there you go um yeah i mean i mean he, he does it in the second and third one too but like they they went out of their way to make sure that, to show you that this motherfucker's stumbling and tripping and just uh he does a lot of fucking diving and missing too he does yeah mm-hmm. and um <laughs> It's uh, it's really entertaining, mm-hmm. almost slapstick in in a lot of scenes. Yes, but that robe looks like it's hard to run in. 
Well, sure, it, depending on how tall the one of the killers are, I'm sure they're stepping on it. Um, so he's kind of terrorizing Casey, chasing her all through the house. She gets out of the house. Um, her parents are like coming home, and you think, well, she's, she's about to yell for them, yes. and then here comes the knife right in the throat. Oh man, kills her voice box before he, yeah, before even that. Like when she's running in the yard, and he's running up behind her, and then he like gets her in the her. chest, and then. Uh, she misses her parents. They go in the house, but then they pick up like they see the house is destroyed. They pick yeah. up the phone Left to call the police, on. and she's still on it. So they're yeah. listening to her die, and then they go outside, and she's hanging from the tree. It's fucked up. Yes, um, super fucked up. And then that's the opening of the movie. Yeah. Okay. If you're not in, yeah. If you're not in by this point, what what's wrong? Don't with watch you? it. You're not. What's wrong with you, young Doug? If you. <laughs> If you're not in by that point, stop watching the movie. Because it's not like... You're just not going to get better than that. Like, that opening scene is amazing. Yes. Um, that's a hell of a way... It's iconic uh, for a reason. Yeah. Right? It's a hell of a way to kick off a, a slasher. Fun fact. During that opening scene, one of the shots, uh, Drew Barrymore, um, they forgot to unplug the cordless phone from the wall jack. That was a real house mm-hmm. that they were... It wasn't a soundstage. Yeah. And uh, she dialed 911, and it really went to 911, and she was screaming and shit into the phone, and she didn't know it was really them. Gotcha. So here come all these cops and shit, nice. and they shut down production for like a little bit because they're like, what the fuck is going on? That's awesome. Um, And, uh, you know, and this is, so now we're into the movie. Now we're meeting our, our real characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have uh, we have Sydney. Sydney um, Prescott. Yeah, she is our she is our final girl. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought it was Drew Barrymore, old switcheroo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Sydney, uh, her boyfriend uh, Billy Loomis. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, skate! Yeah, I'll oh, skate, skate. Fucking dollar store Johnny Depp. If I ever saw Does one, he, is he still acting? Mm. Was he ever acting? Um, <laughs> got him. Uh, Take that, skate boy he was just like it was like he was it was like the it was like the decade of the 90s created him and then once the 90s were over he vanished just as strangely as <laughs> he stroke of midnight 99 <laughs> when it hit 2000 he just burst into that flames was, that was y2k <laughs> y2k no one noticed because we were all afraid of what was going to happen and then everything was fine but we didn't skeet was gone mm. <laughs> and skeet was gone uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> God, <it's> so dumb. <laughs> All right, so um, he's sneaking into Sydney's room. He's trying to he's trying to get laid. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Sydney's one of these uptight broads. It's just psh, doesn't want to give it out. Mm. Like, what's a guy got to do? He grew a little eight hair mustache. Can't get any action. Mm-mm. Um, but that was one of the, and this is where I, even to this day, I can't stand how he, they use like the rating dialogue to talk about, like we we were starting out pretty hot and heavy, like, uh, an R on our way to NC 17. That's all to establish that he loves movies. Yeah, I know. Um, but it's just, it's just dumb. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else we meet. We got um, 
Sydney's dad. Sydney's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, her mom is uh, deceased. Yes. Um, which is kind of a plot point. Plot point throughout the film. Throughout um, the series. Yeah, throughout the series. Uh, what is? Oh, I mean, fuck. We're not using the phone this time. I can just pull it right up. Um, okay. Who are you looking for? I was just trying to see who all are. Uh, Rose McGowan plays Tatum. Tatum. One of Sydney's uh, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and her boyfriend, uh, Matthew, Matthew Lillard, Lillard, plays Stu. Stu. We got uh, Jamie Kennedy playing Randy. Randy. Our uh, horror movie expert. Aficionado. Yeah, he's got all the goods. Uh, David Arquette playing uh, Deputy Dewey. Dewey. Uh, Tatum's brother. Tatum's brother, right? They mm-hmm. didn't put his last name in here, so I forget. I was trying to remember. Riley. That's right. I was trying to remember which one he was related to. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell you right now, and Gail Weathers, of course. Courtney is Cox, the, uh, yes. Is the, the reporter, reporter who will do anything for, for love, the story. But she won't do that. <laughs> She'll do anything for the story, and she doesn't care who she steps on to get there. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell you right now. Yes. As we talk about this. Yes. Gail and Dewey. Yes. Are my favorite thing about this entire franchise. I'll tell you, I'll one-up that. Dewey is my favorite character in any horror movie ever. <laughs> Dewey, there is something so, we're going to talk about it as we go on, there's something so lovable about Dewey. He's just a good guy. He's sweet. Yeah. And he cares, and he's Mm -hmm. trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And he falls in love with this horrible person. (laughs) This terrible, terrible woman. But somehow... Makes it work. They work. They solve murders together, like, every few years. And Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) so, (laughs) I love him. Um, I'm gonna talk about I'm talk about the later ones, but I really, um, I, I really, love David Arquette. He's so great. He is great. He's so great. Um, and you forget because he's a little crazy. Like he had drug problems and drinking problems, and like now he's like wrestling. And yeah, it's, he's it's a professional of, wrestler now. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And um, and I, but the, um, I heard him on a podcast talking about his wrestling career and his his film career, and man. I mean, he may have a touch of the Aspergers or something. He's a little he's a little awkward. I think he fried his brain, man. Like that's had, true. You just said serious, he had a big drug problem. He had ser- that's the reason they're not married anymore. Like he had serious problems. Mm. Um, but yeah. well, it sounds like he's got his act together. Yeah, he looks he looks good now. Mm. Like um, I still like you when I hear him on stuff. I'm like, this guy's. He's Did you listen to Jericho's podcast that he was on there talking about wrestling? And Pro- yeah, I want to say yeah. It was a recent one, maybe a month ago. Okay. And man, he was just all like, uh, and like he was like shy and awkward. He and is. Um, I kind of identified with him a little bit there, but I, you know, besides all the drugs. Yeah, man, he's a. Uh, I don't know. He's got his issues. I'm. I'm hoping he's doing good though. He looks. He looks good to me. But when you watch stuff like this, you forget. Like this dude was fucking really, really good. Like, that whole family is yeah, comes from the it's it's pedigree. The, it's in the bloodline, man. Um, I think those are all our major players. I mean, we're gonna run in. We're gonna run into some other folks like Henry Winkler and. Uh, uh, yep. Who, who else have we got in here? Oh, uh, Leave Schreiber plays uh, Cotton. Cotton Weary. Very important. This is the character that Sidney uh, uh, testified against as the person who murdered his mother. Raped and killed his mother. Raped and killed her mother. Um, because they were having a relationship, we find mm-hmm. out. Um, 
And yeah, I think that's I think that's everybody we need to be worried about right now. Yeah, those are the big those are the big, the big players. players. Uh, okay, so the whole the whole town's <coughs> buzzing because Casey was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey and Steve. Yeah, Casey and Steve. I forgot about Steve. Everybody does. Wow. Um, Casey and Steve were murdered. So the whole like, of course, the entire high school is kind of on lockdown. Like, what the yes. fuck is this? Um, Town curfew. Yeah, everything is kind of strange. And then, uh, of course, Randy's like equates it to horror movies because yep. he's got a you know he's a little he's a little out there um and uh so you know that's the only way he can relate real life is to is to mm-hmm. horror movies so um and they're typical like they're typical like teenagers right so like Matthew yeah. Lillard he thinks the whole thing's a big joke mm-hmm. and, uh Skeet is uh <laughs> old Billy Loomis is like you know uh Sydney's clearly very like worried and upset about it. So, you but know, he's too cool to. Yeah, uh, too cool for school. So, all right, help me a little bit. Scream one. So what? What's next? Like, where do we go in Scream one? Well, you meet you meet everybody. We do they're meet at everybody. School. And they're having like discussions about cops it are coming school. in, questioning students, yeah. asking if they know anything about the murders. That's right. Henry Winkler's the principal. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. We meet. Uh, this is where we meet Dewey. Also, like yes. uh, now, who? Okay, so who dies next? Who is the next one? Is I'm it the principal? Blinking a little bit. Might be. Okay, well, people are. How do they know? Because people start dressing like Ghostface. This is true. So I can't remember what happens next. I know Gail's there. Sydney's attacked next. Okay. And then they cut to the, back to the school. Is, is Sydney attacked at her house? Yes. She is. Yes. And then she says it's Billy. Because Billy yeah. happens to show up right then. Yep. Comes back through her window. That's right. That's right. Um, so That's when she gets the call. And then, like I said earlier, you know, um, it's insulting to women. It's about some big boob girl who runs the, the wrong way. And then she runs the wrong way. That's right. Um, so. Okay. So. Um, Billy gets uh, Billy gets fingered. And, uh, so he's get taken in by the cops and, uh, and, uh, Sydney is going to stay with, uh, um, Tatum. Tatum and Dewey. Mm-hmm. Where's her dad at? Is he out of town or something? He had to go on a business trip because right. he was all like, I'll be at the Hilton by the airport if you need me. That's right. So now Sydney's staying with Tatum and, uh, uh, Dewey. Um, Gail, by the way, we mentioned Gail. The reason she's, so she's kind of this like tabloid reporter. Um, her big thing is like, she doesn't believe that Cotton was guilty of the murder. <clears throat> yeah. She uh, wrote a book on it. She wrote a whole, yeah, she wrote a whole book about it. And, and Sydney, um, Sydney hates Gail because in the book, you know, Gail tells the story that like Cotton and, uh, Sydney's mom were like actually lovers. Like he didn't yep. rape her and, and like you do, um, you know, you're not going to believe something you don't like about, you know, your family. So, um, she hates Gail and there's like some tension there, but Gail, 
Uh, once these murders start happening, Gail believes they're connected to like Sydney's mom, so she's trying to like tie all this. Yep. To to prove Cotton innocent, but mostly to make herself famous. That's all she cares yep. about. Um. trying to remember so there's just lots of other scenes like we're in the video store where randy works well you you have when uh they talk to to uh to billy in the police station um sydney's there and then uh they're trying to walk her out the back so all the reporters have ganged up outside and this when gail sees her around back runs up to her and tries to get a quote and sydney punches her in the face that's awesome yeah um and then the killer calls when she gets to Tatum's house. Yes. And does his whole spiel again, saying, you know, I, I didn't get you that time, but I'll get you next time. Yeah, it's all psychological mm-hmm. games that he likes to play. And then um, back to the school. Yeah, what's going on at school? That's when they establish there's a curfew. Yeah, and Billy's That's back when people are starting to dress up like Ghostface, running around, acting yep. a fool. Yes. Um, Billy's back at school. Mm-hmm. Um not acting like an innocent guy though but he's yeah the this series purposely throws all these red herrings at you it's super obvious the only one of these i haven't seen i'm not gonna talk about till we get to it was number four Mm -hmm. and so when i watched it today i was making a list of my suspects as i was watching it because i'd seen all the other ones before i couldn't really do that but with this one like as i was watching i was just like making a list of suspects based on the movie, throwing them out there suspiciously. So uh, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But, um, yeah, so... uh, uh, But, you know, Sydney's trying to stay away from Billy because it's kind of awkward right now because, you know, she told the cops that she thinks, that he thinks, that she thinks he did it. So, you know, they run into each other in the hallway, and then Billy gives her this shitty speech about, (laughs) you know, you're just upset. I understand. I didn't kill anybody. I'm here right now. Yeah. And you just, it's the anniversary of your mom being killed. You just need to let that go. Yeah. It's it's messing your head up. Yeah. Maybe you're on your period. Yeah. (laughs) He said, he was like, you know, my folks split, and I never see my mom. And she's like, your parents got divorced. Your mom's in a different house, not in a coffin. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just a dick move, big time. Um, spoilers he's one of the killers so when you find out when you find that out at the end of the movie then you when you go back and watch it with that you're like oh man he's playing mind games the whole time uh-huh. he's fucking with her not just over the phone but whole time yep uh so um well, she's upset after the billy bullshit she goes to the bathroom to collect bullshit. herself and then, then these two girls come in. She ducks into a stall, and, and they're, they're talking, talking bad about, about Sydney, yeah. saying, "You know, maybe she did it just for attention." Mm-hmm. You know, and then you that, know that super nineties out girl looks like she should have been in Clueless. Was all like, "As if, yeah, whatever." And then yeah, she comes out of the bathroom, dries her eyes because it's upsetting. She's been crying, and then she hears someone go, "Sydney," and then you see these boots come down from a toilet. And then and the black robe drop. Yep. And then here's Ghostface swings that stall open and immediately trips. <laughs> yeah, falls into the <laughs> trash can. First yeah. into the trash can. Um, chases her out of the bathroom. Um, and then vanishes. And then vanishes. Mm-hmm. Um, later uh, in the school, 
some other people dressed like Ghostface. Of course, Henry Winkler catches them. Yeah, cuts Expe- him in the office. Expels them. Mm-hmm. Um, he Giving keeps, them the old what for. Yeah, he keeps the Ghostface mask. Uh, and then, like, once all the kids are off, like, out of the school, he's just hanging out in his office. Um, by the way, he's making announcements like school announcements he's mm-hmm. like remember your principal loves you like henry winkler henry is, winkler is uh i think his character has nothing but the right thing in mind but yeah. he's just weird yeah he's so weird but it was, i think it was supposed to be another red herring to be like, oh, oh yeah absolutely but they 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 get rid of that one pretty quick because yeah. uh he's hanging out in the office by himself wearing the ghost face mask yeah um and then, of course, uh, Ghostface shows up, and uh, that's the end of old. Not before we get the little cheesy little, uh, he's walking around in his office because he hears a noise, and he steps outside. He was like, I know you're out here, and the janitor's all like, what? Yeah. He cut to, he was like, oh, I'm not talking to you. Uh, he sure does. Freddy Krueger sweater. Yeah. On. That the was Wes Craven. Fr- Do what? That was Wes Craven. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't even, I seen this so many times i never even realized he's in that shot for half a second he cuts oh, and he's like what'd you say cut I back guess, to winkler I guess i'm not talking so, to you fred i guess you're so focused on the fedora and the sweater you yeah, don't even realize it's, it's him. Craven. wow that's funny i've seen this a lot uh that's a cute yeah. moment and, and then, then he goes course, back into his office and then and he, yeah he's like ah maybe it's just my imagination then just my, shuts the just door ghost face jumping dead mm-hmm. um all right what happens after this this is when we cut to the video store isn't it yeah i believe so no we cut back to tatum's house they're okay. talking on the porch yeah um basically about like uh yeah we got this party to go to try not to think about it like people suck yeah don't worry about them let's just go let's go be crazy teenagers yeah we can't let this ruin our lives we gotta go have fun so this is when they go to the Uh, party isn't this where tatum says that cute little thing uh i forgot the exact dialogue but she's like um uh, you're living in one of those uh west carpenter movies yep or something like that um sprinkled throughout this movie are like scenes with randy and he's like explaining mm-hmm. um you know he's explaining the rules of horror movies as you're watching the horror movie it's this whole very meta idea and and they they do it to varying degrees of success throughout the series a lot of horror easter eggs throughout the uh, like when we go back to school and when sydney gets jumped and all that when she's yeah. outside going into school that reporter jumps in front of her this was like, what do you got to say about the attacks? And that's Linda Blair. Oh, yeah. yeah She's you're there right. for like half a second. Yep. Um, so, is there anything else Sydney important and Tatum, that happens before um, they go to the party? No, they go to um, the store to big, pick up some shit for the, um, the party. And Dewey's there escorting them, making sure everything's all right. That's right cut to the video store yeah and then uh of course uh randy is convinced that billy is the killer Mm -hmm. he's talking to Stu. yeah billy overhears it and they kind of like intimidate him a little bit and then of course um they point out that randy could also be the killer which randy is like of course i could be like you know those are you know Mm -hmm. the obvious i'm i'm the most obvious suspect 
with my <laughs> my knowledge and love of horror movies. Um, meanwhile, Gail, um, Gail is sort of uh, not sort of. She's uh, she's using her feminine wiles to get uh, Dewey to let her like get close to this case because yeah. um, she wants to. Uh, you know, again, she's just out to, to make a name for herself. Yep. Uh, so uh, she believes that something's going to happen uh, at this party. Uh, and she's like plants a video camera, like in the living room where all the kids are hanging out. So, yep. um, and uh, with her course, old cameraman, what was his name? Kenny? Can't remember that first cameraman's name. Um, I got him. I got it all right here. Let's see. Kenny. Kenny. All right. Kenny Jones and um, so and of course Dewey is on <laughs> Dewey's on duty mm-hmm. so this puts all of our major players like at the house party scene yep um, which is the uh, the big set. which is the rest of the film yeah it really is the big set piece of the movie mm-hmm. this first movie is so stripped down and great yep. like oh man it's so good um, didn't fuck around this movie no dude it was just like let's kill some fools and uh you know it's really great man you gotta watch you gotta watch it it's so good um so we're at the house party uh where we're watching halloween and uh and randy's giving us all a horror movie lesson i have all the rules you have the rules i sure do awesome would you like to hear the rules i would love to hear uh randy's horror movie rules randy's rules for scream one Number one, you may not survive the movie if you have sex. Yep, that's given. Mm-hmm. Number two, you may not survive the movie if you drink or do drugs. Yes, that is also true. And number three, you may not survive the movie if you say, I'll be right back, hello, or who's there. Yep, which Matthew Lillard immediately goes to the garage to get beer and says, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, everyone starts laughing. Um Tatum is out in the garage, yes, uh, getting some beers. Yep, uh, and of course she hears something, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she dies in a very uh, interesting manner. Yeah, this is a uh, all the kills in the this franchise are pretty straightforward. Yeah, he's, they he's are. a slasher, duh, but uh, and a stabber and yep. a gutter, but she gets. Uh, Trapped in a doggy door on the in a garage. garage. And I've never seen a dog her. door in a garage. I by haven't the way. either. I'm sure they exist. I, they have to. I just never seen one. And then uh, he turns the garage thing on and it gets her head crushed in the uh, the gear. How powerful is that garage door motor? I wouldn't I think they could know. lift a human, could they? I don't think so. And I don't like, know anything about garage. The only thing I know about garage doors are opening and closing them. Yeah, and mine doesn't. Mine doesn't seem to open with the kind of force that would kill a person. I imagine like if you were stuck in it, and it could lift you. And it has a sensor on it. That's true. Now Rose McGowan's a small person, so she might. She doesn't weigh as much as me, obviously. So she <laughs> might. I, I don't even know if mine would lift, but I could just imagine once it gets to the top, it would just be like, boom, boom, boom. Like it's not. It's not going that fast. I would fast. assume when she's being lifted up, her feet would swing and trigger the sensor. Something. Yeah. Now, we're just having a little fun right here. I, lo- yeah. I love this. But I'm if, you, if anyone knows, if any of our listeners are uh, 
garage door repairmen or garage <laughs> or door installers or enthusiasts. Just, yeah, if you just love garage doors, uh, well, you know where to reach us. We're How many people have you lifted up with the fucking <laughs> garage door? Um, the Mythbusters ever do this? We should find uh, out. I should find out. Um, so, yeah, so she... Uh, she gets attacked by Ghostface in the uh, in the garage, um, and she tries to crawl out of the doggy door in the garage. But of course, like we said, uh, he opens it and somehow crushes her, and she crushes dies. her. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Sydney and Billy are making up upstairs, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, to the point where uh, you know she she gives up the goods. Yep. Um, and then, uh, and then, so what happens here? Is this where Billy gets attacked? No, they hear, um, uh, they cut back. They're still upstairs. They yeah, cut they back are. to the all, everyone downstairs. Yes. And, um, news, they just found out that the principal has been killed. And yes. he was hung from the field goal post. So they're all like, hell yeah, let's go see it. They do. They all <laughs> fuck off. Except, all of them except, except for uh, Randy. Randy, yeah. Um, and uh, Ghostface is in the room with Randy when he's watching TV. Yes, but um, doesn't kill Randy. Uh, he, he tries to, but he gets sidetracked because he hears someone else. What but happens there? I don't remember. The whole time this is going on, yeah, a Gail and Kenny are watching it in their van on their TV. Yes. And they're like doing the horror movie trope. They're yelling at the screen, yes. "Get out of there!" You know all that kind of shit. And um, the whole time when Ghostface is stalking up on Randy, he's watching Halloween. So Carpenter's score is yeah, it's awesome. Is scoring this scene, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens here? Is he, how does he get distracted? Um, he. Uh, he goes to stab Randy, and I believe that either Gail or Kenny screams something because they see him, he, but they're on like a thirty second. And he delay. just takes off. Yeah. Um, okay. Third act. I'm just trying to recall. Uh, at what point does Dewey show up? Um. He he's he shows up as the all the kids are leaving to go back to the school to see the dead principal. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, man, I'm blinking on this a little bit. And so uh, he and Gail are trying to like looking over the house, looking for Ghostface, and while they're doing that, Ghostface is outside, and he takes out Kenny. Yes. Sorry, see. folks. We should no, have been just, prepared. Just pulling it up. It's we watched four movies for this episode. Let's see. Yeah, back at the party, Sydney tries to find Tatum. Billy suddenly shows up. We already talked about all this. Okay, outside, Dewey and Gail uh, narrowly escape certain death as they evade uh, a party goer's speeding car on their way to the school's football field. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, Gail lands on top of Dewey and then they kiss. Mm-hmm. So the sparks start flying there. Um, let's see. <laughs> this is what this says. Upstairs, after having made love to one another, <laughs> mm. 
Um, uh, the killer shows up and stabs Billy. Um, let's see. This is where... Uh, oh, this is where she tries to climb out of the window. Yeah. But then uh, she falls out of the window. Or he pushes her out. And... Um, uh, she lands on that boat. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she gets up, runs off. Uh, and tries to get in uh, Dewey's Jeep. Yes. <coughs> oh, yeah. It's Sydney. When Sydney screams, that's what distracts the Yeah, and he comes out Randy. there and fucks with Sydney. And uh, she locks all the doors to the Jeep. Yeah. And he, like, knocks on the, the window with the fucking knife. Yep. And then dangles the keys in yep. front of her. Like, yeah, you're not getting anywhere without these. Oh, that's right. Kenny, this is what happened. So they saw, they're on the delay in the news van. Yeah. So Kenny sees that Randy's about to be murdered. So he steps outside to, I guess, run to the house to do something. But the killer is right there outside the van. That's right. 30 seconds, and he kills Kenny right there. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, the car, the car that uh, Gail and Dewey found belonged to Neil. Yeah, so, Sydney's dad. So they think that he's the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, let's see. Dewey went inside the house, falling down to reveal Randy and Stu. Oh, Randy and Stu. Yeah, okay. So it comes down to uh, Randy and Stu. Yeah. And she thinks one of them is the killer. Um, and then uh, Billy shows back up. And then Sydney helps him up and gives him a gun. Uh, then Billy opens the door, allows Randy back inside, who states Stu has gone mad. Billy's still holding the gun, responds. We all go a little mad sometimes. And then he shoots Randy in the shoulder. And now, when she, uh, when he shoots uh, Randy in the shoulder at that point, did you catch um, um, Nev Campbell yelled out Jamie instead of Randy? No. Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so this is where, and this is where it's revealed that the, there were two murderers. Yeah. Um, Billy and Stu. Yeah. Uh, they did it together. They murdered Sydney's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, All because she broke up Billy's Billy's because uh, folks, yeah. Uh, Sydney's mom. Her mom was uh, all over town. Apparently. All over town. Um, so she slept with Billy's mom, mm-hmm. and then Billy started dating Sydney to get close. She to slept her. with Billy's mom. Uh, Billy's dad, <laughs> she, probably. Either hey hey hey. Uh, she slept with Billy's dad. Billy wants to make her pay. Kills Sydney's mom. Yeah. Stalks, tortures Sydney. Uh, plan to kill her also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they reveal their whole master plan, which they learned from watching movies. Um, they're going to blame the whole thing on Sydney's dad. Yep. Uh, who they have tied up in the closet or whatever. Yep. Uh, then they take turns stabbing each other so that they look like victims. Yep. Um, And how does this all how does this all end? Well, while they're uh, talking back and forth, um, Gail gets to drop on them. Mm-hmm. 
and sidetracks them enough for Sydney to run off. And uh, they go looking for Sydney. And she jumps out of the basement with an umbrella and stabs Billy in the shoulder. That's right. Dressed as Ghostface. That's right. And stops him. And then um, Billy killed Stu. Stu's bleeding out. He bleeding. Yeah, Billy stabbed him too deep or in a or, or did Gail kill or did she finish Stu off she might Randy reveals totally see. blanking on it sorry folks we that's suck. okay no Stu then reappears trying to fight Sydney before she pushes a television set over that's onto his right head. that's right she crushes him with a fucking TV yeah um Randy reveals he's injured but still alive crediting crediting it to the fact that he is a virgin um also injured but still alive, Billy gets up and punches Randy to the floor, starts to choke Sydney, uh, and then Gail shoots um, Billy. Billy, that's yep. right. I got it mixed up. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Randy says that the killer will come back to life uh, for one more scare. Billy opens his eyes and makes a grunt, and then Sydney shoots, shoots him right, him right in, in the forehead. She's right in the fucking she head. says, not in my movie. Yep. <clears throat> um, Dewey, who we also thought was dead, uh, yeah, he got stabbed by Ghostface. He stabbed sure in the did. Back. Um, he's on a gurney. Come he's okay. Rolling him out on a stretcher. Yep, and uh, and then Gail's uh, Gail starts like reporting from the scene, and like that's you get that pan pan out shot of the entire house, and then credits. Yep. Uh. Dude, there's not, I mean, there's almost no filler in this movie. Like, no, it not is really. A, get you in, get you out. Dude, from that <laughs> from that amazing opening scene to... You hold on to every bit of it. Yeah, dude. This is a great... <laughs> Clearly, because we had a research <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. Um, Man, this is a great movie. It really is. It's so good. Um, regardless of how anybody feels about the rest of the franchise, mm-hmm. the first one is strong yep so good mm-hmm. um highest recommends for me personally i'm yep. sure from you as well yep great fucking movie um it is i mean the quintessential 90s horror movie like it is it so horror 90s. back front and center man it had been um i mean we had an interview with the vampire silence of the lambs but those are they were calling those thrillers, yeah, and all that shit. So this was a this, this was, was a no made horror profitable again. Absolutely, <clears throat> and there's no argument. Because up next, you know, movie. this gave us "I Know What You Did Last Summer" and "Urban Legend," and uh, you know, Williamson went on to write H two O and all this and that. Man, yeah, this whole that whole era of like dimension horror films yep. just. Uh, just yep, yep. blew up for good or bad. I, of course, for good. Um, well, the bad of it out, the bad movies outweigh the good, of course. Yeah, they but. do. But the good ones you get, yeah. uh, you know, as long as horror, as long as horror is making money, yeah. they're gonna keep making horror movies. And guess what? If you throw enough stuff at the wall, it's something's Some gonna stick. stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. If you see, if you see, they're making another Saw movie. Just know that. It's, it'll make a lot of money, and that'll mean that somebody might take a chance on a on a different horror movie, take just in hopes they'll make me. that money. So, um, you gotta take the good, take the bad, take them both, and there you have the Scream franchise. The Scream franchise. 
All right, we're going to talk about Scream 2 in just a second. I got to pee real fast, so I'm going to hit the old pause-roo. Okay. And then uh, we can jump into Scream Dose, if and you like. All right. Um, what's your favorite thing about the first Scream? My favorite thing? Yeah, is there something that just stands <laughs> out to you? You really love that movie. Could be, could just be the mask. Could be that opening I do sequence. love the mask. I do mask like the ghost great. face character. Yeah, it's it's so, a great design. It's so simplistic. It is. Um, that That's a good... I like, you know... Yeah. It, the opening scene. Yeah, it's really is, iconic. The opening 12 minutes is uh, one of the best. That alone is one of the best slasher movies ever it's made. so good. Um, yeah, man, it's just a great movie. Um, What's yours? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say that opening segment. I mean, it's just it's so hard to top. It's not like the rest of the movie is a downer after that. It's a yeah. great movie, but that it just starts so strong where not, not a ton of slasher movies do like this kind of, this is like, this is like the rebirth of like the modern slasher movie. So even to this day, a lot of movies start with this type of thing where like, there's a, there's like one long set piece where like one, <laughs> To establish like your villain or what I mean this is kind of a thing we see a lot now yeah. it's not typically what happened in a lot of these movies before yeah. um, you know they were real like slow and plotting and um, I mean Halloween had that first one but this is a this is something a little this is something a little different um, and uh, and a lot of movies would copy this like from now on um, yeah I, another thing I like is uh, Sydney yeah She's, Sydney's on paper, she's probably the best final girl. Yeah, she's really she's really great. Um, She'd be probably my second. Of course, I love Lori. Of course, because Halloween is my second favorite movie of all time. Yeah, uh, Lori, Sydney Prescott, and probably Jenny from Friday Two. Yeah, would be my my three favorite final. final That's girls. a good list, man. Um, that might be a fun. That might be a fun episode to do. Is talk about our favorite final girls um mm-hmm. that's pretty that's a pretty good one um yeah man it's just a great film uh sydney especially in these first two yeah really really strong i find myself being more drawn to uh to other characters uh, later on in the franchise um gail and uh and dewey specifically but um, yeah, I, I love Dewey too. Of course, like I said, Dewey. yeah, he's great. One mm-hmm. great character. Um, all right, let, well, let's kick it off into Scream Two. Um, Doug, give me them fat deets. Mm-hmm. Scream Two's fat deets. Fat deets. <laughs> fat deets. Um, we come back a year later. Wow. Just like old school slashers. One year turnaround. December 12th, 1997. I like it. And the budget was $24 million. Uh, Bumped it up a little bit. A little bit. The first one was 15. And this brought back $172.4 million. Incredible. Got another colossal of clout. In. Incredible. Colossus now, of clout. Yeah, that's now we're was. talking, we're talking <laughs> box office dollars, man. Yeah. These things are still making money. Yeah. Um, there's no telling what 
the Scream franchise has made digitally, home video, uh, re-releases. I mean, this thing, I just bought the four-pack on Friday the 13th on Vudu for 10 bucks digitally. Mm-hmm. So... I I own all four films. Did you buy the Scream one that was on sale, or did you just watch them all on uh, the streaming services? No, I bought I Scream? bought Scream. Yeah, you said Friday the Thirteenth. I bought them on Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, when, okay. Yeah, that's when the sale. See if was. I paid attention, <laughs> I would have caught that. Um, yeah. So this was on sale the same. I bought the Friday franchise also because okay. it was thirteen. Bucks. Okay. Um, but for twenty three bucks, I got twelve movies. And, yeah. Uh, only one of them is unwatchable, and that's uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. So, yep, um, good investment. I felt yeah. like, um, but yeah. So, uh, Scream Two, uh, it introduces something that becomes the DNA of the franchise for the rest of the, for good or bad, and like they they find ways to to make it work or not work. I think, um, but. After the events of the first film, Gail Weathers wrote a book. Yep. And that book became a movie called Stab. Stab. Um, and uh, that that is really the driving force behind uh, the later installments in this franchise. Um, again, uh, to varying degrees of success. Uh, well, it all plays with the theme of the thing. You it know? does. It's it's like so the now killers are basing their stuff off of movies, so they're going to make a movie about that, and these people are going to base their stuff off of off these the movie movies. about the guys who are basing themselves on. It gets yep. very. It gets, we get we go down a couple layers. Uh, it gets real inceptiony later, but um, for the second movie, it really works. It works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's our opening scene this time around. No, uh, we're opening up to a sneak preview night of the uh, stab. By the way, um, watching this movie again, uh, I would be I would be miserable to be in this audience. Oh God, yes! This is the rowdiest. This is a St. Louis audience. I have never been, to, and I've been to some like I was there for like Avengers when it opened. I was there for Star Wars when it opened. I mean, people, the energy was high. These people in the Stab Theater were jumping up. They were all, the, they were Screaming. passing out uh, Ghostface costumes. It was yeah. like compliments of the studio. Yeah. Everyone had the mask on. They had these glow-in-the-dark knobs. They're chasing they were, each other up and down the They're running up and down the aisles. There's the a, a ghost face prop on a string flying through the air. Yeah, it's not a great environment to see a film in just rowdy and yeah. loud and i mean good on them they're having fun enjoying life but shut the fuck up i'm yeah, about to watch imagine, a movie can you imagine if like can you imagine if um you got to go to a sneak preview of like the new halloween movie and everyone in there was dressed like michael myers and they're just acting like assholes the whole time and you're just like hey is it, i'd like to watch this film isn't it when we went to go see rob zombies remake of the first halloween Mm-hmm. There was a guy dressed like Michael Myers, and they kicked him out. Yeah, because they, they were him. like, "Uh, we don't want you shooting up the joint or something." Yeah, they you made him out take his crazy mask ass. off. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he was in character yeah. as Michael. Yeah, like he was not talking. He was he was a large dude. Yeah, and he, was, he was just being scary. And the manager was all like, "Seriously, get this shit out, or we're gonna kick you the fuck out." And he took his mask off and was yeah. like, "Sorry." Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that is the only thing when I'm watching this, I'm like, "This crowd sucks." Uh, 
I mean, they don't, but they do. You know, yeah. that's the kind of excitement you want from you know premiere movie night. But I well, I just think, if it, yeah, if it was me going, I'd be like, all right, I'm leaving. Yeah, this is not. I'll I'll wait. I'll see this on Tuesday. <laughs> I will here. never see this movie. <laughs> uh, but so we get our we get our characters for this scene. We got Jada Pinkett. Yep. Um, and uh, what's it? What's this guy's name? Uh, fuck. It's slipping my mind. Is it Omar Epps? I want to say it is, but uh, let me make sure. He was uh, he was hot at the moment, and so was Jada Pink. Omar Epps. Omar Epps. I thought so. All right, they're on a date, and mm-hmm. uh, I guess he got tickets to this sneak preview of Stab. Yep. And uh, she's like, "Well, there's a Sandra Bullock movie playing down the street, but." Uh, you know, he's like, come on, it's going to be fun. She doesn't like scary movies. She's mad to be there. Oh, yeah. Um, she doesn't like all the nonsense either. I feel like Jada and I would have made a great couple. And we might still if she wants to reach out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a family. I can't abandon them. But you can be a part of it if you like. Big love She's style. She's too busy taking care of her crazy ass kids. Oh, my God. Um, and husband. <laughs> you think she does? She thinks she's like, you know what? I'm going to work. You guys figure this shit out. Um, that's probably what it is because those kids are wild and she didn't get them under control she's like that's a that's big willy style <laughs> um, so she's mad about being in this movie and uh, she doesn't like it by the way this is a this is a uh, first come first serve and they get great fucking seats yeah. uh, to show up right before the movie starts like they're in like the fifth or sixth row right in the middle so yeah. mm, this is interesting uh, it's almost as if it was written in film this way on purpose. <laughs> uh, so, um, let's see. Oh, he gets up to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, oh, first she goes to get popcorn. So they're yeah. watching the movie. Uh, Heather Graham's playing Casey. Yeah. Um, so basically what you're watching, they reshot Scream with different yeah. actors and they play it throughout the film yeah. scenes that you saw from the first movie, but filmed with different with people, people you know. Yeah. And, yeah. So and it's Graham, exaggerated. Yeah. Of Heather Graham, uh, Luke Wilson, Luke Wilson plays, plays uh, uh, Billy. Billy is really, really great. Tori Spelling plays uh, Sydney. You know, Sydney in the first one says, you know, Randy, was it Randy that was talking to her or Tatum it was all like, uh, who would play you in the movie about your life or something? She was like, I'd probably end up with Tori Spelling. Yeah. Cut to Tori Spelling is playing. It's really, playing her. Yeah. It's really cute. Um, but uh, what the fuck? Like, uh, Heather Graham, like, takes her robe off. And uh, Omar Epps says something about, <clears throat> I got a stiff one or something like that. Like, <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> From them shoulders. I guess. That's some hot-ass shoulders. Um, so, uh, uh, Jada Pink goes out to get herself some popcorn. Uh, people are, like, jumping out, chasing each other. She's not happy about it. Um, and on her way back into the theater, uh, Ghostface jumps out and attacks her, but it's just Omar Epps and his mask, and uh, she's not happy about it. She yeah. doesn't like being scared. She doesn't like being startled. I don't either. I, I know where she's coming from. Um, so, uh, you know, they kind of make up, and he said that they can leave, but she's like, no, she wants to stay and watch the scary movie. So uh, she goes back in. He's got to go to the bathroom, probably to rub off that stiff one, you know, like he's 
saw some shoulders. Now he's got to crank one out. Yeah, because you know every guy when they're aroused in the movie theater immediately goes to the bathroom, <laughs> rubs one out. That's what I do. You can't do it right there in the seat. Who am I, Pee Wee Herman? All right. Um, was that topical? Yeah, it was. I think it was around the same time, wasn't it? Um, maybe he was watching Stab. Yeah. And then he's stabbing his in own a porn palm. theater. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to the restroom. And uh, he's he. What does he? What does he think he hears in the next stall? So there's it's like, like some, someone talking to him. Yeah, there's but like a he's ruckus. not sure because he's like, what? There's like a ruckus in the next stall, and so he like puts his ear up against <clears> the stuff. Which, by the way, don't put your don't, face on a stall in like, any public restroom. Ugh, don't touch anything. No. Um, if you can't open a stall door with like your shoe, like it's not worth going in. Um, which is something I'm teaching my three-year-old all the time. Like, if he's got to go in public, yeah. we go into stalls, and I'm the whole time I'm like, don't touch, don't touch yep, anything. Don't same. just... Potties are nasty. Down. Don't touch them. He's like, you're going to flush that? And I'm like, I'm going to use my shoe. Don't touch it. And he'll be like, look, there's pee all over there. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why yeah, we don't... That's why we don't touch don't it with our hand. Don't touch anything. Um, and then still wash your hands. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so... Sticks his ear up against the nasty ass bathroom stall, and uh, Ghostface is in the other, uh, in the real Ghostface, um, in the stall next to him, shoves uh, a knife through, through the, the stall, stall door into uh, his wall. Yeah, into his head. Then puts on his clothes, <laughs> his jacket. Yeah, yeah, his jacket. <laughs> Goes back into the movie, just wearing the mask. Yeah. Um, well, he had the mask on when he left. Though. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's sitting there pretending to be Omar Epps for a little bit. Yeah. And Jada's all like, can you believe this? Blah, 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 blah. She gets scared. So she kind of puts her arms around him and she feels <laughs> blood. And then before she can even realize something weird's happening, uh, yeah. she's she's been stabbed. Yep. Um, and then Multiple times. Yeah. And there's that and great she, scene where uh, she's like dramatically stumbles upon the top of the screen and yeah. is all like, oh, yeah, and falls over. It's and everybody's all dramatic. like, yeah, because they, they thought it. it was part of the show. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's Scream the Two. Yeah, that's the opening uh, of Scream Two. Then uh, we cut to uh, uh, Sydney's dorm room. She's in college now, and yep. uh, she gets a phone call. It's a prank call. Somebody's doing the the voice, but she's got caller ID. You remember when caller ID was a separate little box? Yeah, we, we had, had one, one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one in my house, and it, it was really cool. So, kids, uh, these phones that were plugged into the walls, you didn't know who was calling you. In Crazy, fact, when right? your phone would ring, you would just pick up, and yeah, you wouldn't completely ignore it like you do now. <laughs> yeah, you would just pick up and be like, "Who's calling? Hello." Um, you had no idea who was on the other Hello! end. Hello! <laughs> Could have been your Uncle Leo. They created the little boxes that you plugged in, and it would show you the person's mm-hmm. name and their phone number. Leo, comma, uncle. <laughs> uh, hello! So, um, so she, uh, her roommate is like, is it time to get another new number? So apparently this is something that happens. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, She's like, she, no, nah, it'll die down after the yeah, movie fizzles out. the movie out. just came out. Um, so then, uh, 
so then they see on the news the death of the movie theater, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and then they're talking about it in film class later, mm-hmm. where they say a bunch of uh, crazy shit. Um, but they're arguing that sequels are not as good as the original. Yeah. Uh, Randy's stance is that uh, as a result, would you like of to it, hear the rules? I have the rules. For he got, uh, we got the sequel rules. As a result of a sequel not being the original, it's already inferior. Yes. And then there's a couple of examples of movies that are better than the original. Not that I necessarily agree. Uh, Aliens, I do not believe, is better than Alien. Um, well, they were on the fence. Some people were on the fence. Some about people that were too. on the fence. Uh, Terminator Two. Yeah, and the dude's like, "You got a heart." Uh, it was Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's, She's like, like, "You got a real heart on for Cameron." For Cameron, yeah, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Um, with just boy, was that Josh Jackson, Joshua Jackson? That was the other kid that said aliens. Oh yeah, what was he in? Uh, uh, Dawson's Creek. Dawson's or something? Creek. Yeah, yeah. But he was he wasn't there long. No, he was in that scene. In and I out. thought he was going to be one of the characters, but <clears throat> no, nah, he was just there. Just for uh, your celebrity arguing. cameo. Yeah, arguing. Uh, All right, rules for screen two. Rules to successfully survive a horror movie sequel. sequel. One, the body count is always bigger. Two, the death scene the death scenes are always much more elaborate with it's more true. blood and gore. True. All right, and three. Randy starts to describe the third rule. If you want your films to become a successful franchise, never ever before being interrupted by Dewey. However, mm. film's original teaser trailer featured an extended version of the rule scene. The rule scene, which reveals the original third rule, was supposed to be. Uh, God, I can't talk. Supposed no, to can. be. Never ever under any circumstances assume the killer is dead. Mm. This reference Randy's last line in the first Scream movie. I like that they cut it off um i didn't know that there was an original third rule i thought that was the joke um which i'm sure it was in editing i'm i'm sure that's why they did it but when they cut him off it's almost as if yeah that's what they say right here it was a uh, an in joke with the crew that's why they cut it yep um yeah i like that which makes it seem like how do you make a successful franchise like um it's almost as if Wes craven's like i'm not telling you Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah, but those rules are true. I mean, and here's why: is typically Scream had a huge budget for a slash movie. It was like fifteen million. Oh yeah. Also, Wes Craven came back. He's the only director to direct every movie in a horror fran- successful horror franchise. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the original Scream had like a fifteen million dollar budget. Like that's yeah. not typical. Usually, your slasher movie is like cheap and dirty, and the reason a million, the, three million or under. Usually. Yeah. And the reason that the kills are not like elaborate or gory is because they didn't have any money. Yeah. So when you see a sequel when they do elaborate on those things, it's because they got a bigger budget, so they're coming back uh, doing more. So that's why that's why that rule is true. But you know, and as we've learned, and we've been talking about on this show for years now, um, Halloween two, they just added a bunch of blood to it, but it's not as effective as the first Halloween. Yeah. Even though it's a really good slasher, yep. Um, it's just there's something about it. The whole psychological the element. Second best gets, Halloween movie. Yeah, it gets <clears throat> traded off just for more blood and. Well, that was the studio. Yeah, you know, Rick Rosenthal shot Halloween That's two because he wanted to give tribute to the first one because he loved it so much. 
And then the studio is all like, yeah, this isn't scary or, you know, slashy enough. And yeah. they hired Carpenter to come in and add those scenes. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love buckets of corn syrup and, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but that there's one of the reasons for that rule. <clears throat> so, um, of course, Sydney goes to find Randy because it's happening again. Yep. And... Uh, Randy, Randy didn't even really want to hear about it. Like he yeah. somehow survived when he shouldn't have, yeah. and uh, he doesn't even really want to get sucked into this at all. Like he's trying to, he's got a goatee now. He's trying to be cool. Yeah. Um, by the way, it's like the, I mean, I know he had that TV show, but this is like the biggest thing that Jamie Kennedy I can even remember. Him uh, being a part he was of. in Tremors Five. Thank you. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's really great. I really, I really love Randy. Um. So, um, I think the first, um, oh, also, I was about to skip over a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Gail shows up on campus and, like, kind of sandbags uh, Sydney with a newly released Cotton Weary, who, he was on TV in that earlier report that they were talking about earlier. Um, That earlier report that they were talking about. They let him go because they the whole Billy Loomis thing came out. Yeah. All this and that. So um, he's trying to get an interview with Sydney. But he also, um, he realizes that Gail, like, sandbagged her. um, Yeah. And Gail confronts Sydney. I was all like, well, what do you have to say about all this? And, well, I have someone you should talk to. And then it's Cotton. She moves. Cotton comes up and she's all like, oh. Um, so, uh, but Cotton seems genuinely kind of upset by this because Cotton's whole thing is like, he went to prison wrongfully and now he's trying to like capitalize on it, which why not? Um, well, you could take it as, as that and which it it is, mm -hmm. but if you think about it in another way, it's like he was convicted of murder. So people aren't hiring him. He needs money. He needs a job. So exactly. he's going to do all this shit just for the money. And he and he knows that if, you know, if there's an interview between him and Sydney, it's going to be it's going to be the biggest yeah. thing and uh it's kind of his driving force for his character here. Um but he was upset that Sydney didn't know about it. And he was upset with Gail and yeah. and Gail is in like classic Gail mode here. She she's doesn't a give fucking, a shit. Yeah, she's yeah. a terrible person. Um she is out for numero uno. Yep. Um, as per <clears throat> usual. Uh, so, okay, that wasn't moving for a second, so I was just making sure we were all good, which we are. It's, you know, just bees that way sometimes. Um, <clears throat> this is the futon. Um, <laughs> it's very musical. It sounds like you're about to start playing Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Okay, I could. Be. <laughs> if you guys could see me wiggling my body rhythmically to the tune of Beverly Hills Cop in my mind, um, interesting time. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, we also meet Sydney's dreamy boyfriend, uh, Piranha's own Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Did I? I, don't, I can't remember if I brought Piranha back to you. Maybe it's in my bag. Maybe I don't, um, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, uh, I love Jerry O'Connell. And um, 
this was we were talking about this. I was mentioning people's clothes uh, from the '90s a couple weeks ago or last yeah. week, and uh, it was his man. He's wearing those giant slacks, pleated. Yeah. They're huge. He's got that polo on. It's tucked in, but it's like two sizes too big. So it's just like just fluffing out everywhere. This is awful. And that was the style. Yeah. Um, baggy clothes. Ugh, terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is Sydney's like hunky, hunky bow. And, uh, he, pre- he even performs an entire like musical number in the cafeteria. Oh God. It's, uh, awful. It's embarrassing. It is extremely embarrassing. <laughs> like if that was happening in real life right now, we would all have our cell phones out and we'd be filming him and we'd be just like roasting his ass. Um, and what was the song that he was singing? Do you remember? I think I love you. By oh, the Partridge so family. what am I so afraid of? I'm a, like oh, he's, God. he can't Dude, sing. It's all that part. You will want to fast forward through. Yeah. It, just, uh, it is. What's really obnoxious is that like the people in the cafeteria were like clapping and they were like into it. But like, that's not gross. That would, that would not happen in real life. Gross. We're all so cynical. We just be like, what a loser. Hey, <laughs> loser. You love your girlfriend. Loser. <laughs> We'd throw our milk at him. I would. Yeah. What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So do you get milk at college? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah, man. You get milk at college. Fuck yeah, college milk. You fucking put it put it eighteen years of public school. <laughs> um <laughs> Got extra brain chemicals in it. <laughs> um, all right. So, Anywho. Um, so we, uh, I think, is this where we go to the sorority house where uh, Sarah Michelle Geller is? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, there might be something else going on there, but I, I'm just thinking like big plot points. I believe she's the next one up. Um, so she gets a phone call. Um, she thinks it's her boyfriend whose name I can't remember, like Ted, maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm we know that name. it's the voice, it's Ghostface. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't know. It's it's funny too. Is like, um, they're always like, "Who is this, Bob?" And uh, it's <laughs> like, you know, somebody with that unique a voice because it's pretty unique. Yeah. Um. By the way. We didn't really mention this in the first movie, but that voice is created by this little voice modulator thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even though it's an actor playing the voice, but they have like a little a voice, a yeah. little device that they speak uh, through and yeah, hides their voice. Um, okay, so uh, he's doing the same thing. He's like mind games, messing with her. She's mm-hmm. getting kind of freaked out. She hears something upstairs. Uh, she steps outside because her phone oh she steps outside tries to call campus police or something but because the cordless phone is outside again mm-hmm. kids you couldn't take your cordless phone very far outside no. you know you get like five poor. steps out of your door and it just didn't work yep um so that's happening to her so to get her phone to work she has to step back into the house mm-hmm. and it creates a lot of tension it's a really nice moment and then of course it's a it's a misdirect because it's one of her uh, sorority sisters that's in the house. Um, and she's, like, freaked out and worried. And it's all the same thing. They always threaten to hang up 
on the yeah. voice, and he's always and like, "Man, does Ghostface hate that?" He doesn't like that, and it's mm. funny because it's always someone different. But yeah. they don't like being hung up on. Mm. Um, but now they're all mimicking themselves after the first movie, so yep. we don't know. Um, because of stab. Yep. Anyway, uh, the phone rings. The sorority sister answers, and now because she told Ghostface Ted's name, he says it's Ted. And then mm-hmm. she's like, oh, it's your loser boyfriend. She hands Sarah Michelle Geller the phone, and she goes off. And then when she puts the phone back to her ear, of course, uh, it's Ghostface. Mm-hmm. And uh, she eats it right here, doesn't she? No, he he pops out and chases her. Yeah, trip, I'm sure he trips over a few things. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but she runs up, and uh, she's throwing uh, potted plants at him and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and does. then uh, she gets stabbed in the back or in the shoulder. And then tossed off a balcony. And That's she lands right. on the uh, street in front of the house. That's right. And her leg's all fucked up and she she dies. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were about to say she didn't die here. And I was no, like, no, no, she does. Uh, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> um, all right. I think this is where... Um, I think... I think is this, this is where Dewey like shows up at the college? Um... Not officially, because no, we skipped over that. He had already. Oh, showed he's already up. there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just, just so you know, Dewey's here because he's worried about Sydney. Like he's, you know, he does. He's not a cop at this college, but well, uh, after Sarah Michelle Geller is killed, yeah, we cut back to the party where Sydney and her boyfriend and her roommate are uh-huh. at the uh, other sorority house. Okay, and then that's when uh, they hear that. CC Sarah Michelle Geller had been killed, so they're like, "Let's go look." Yeah, just like the party and yes. the other one, they all leave except Sydney, and um, that's when Ghostface comes, calls, and attacks her. Okay, so there's a little mini chase. Yeah, and um, Sydney fights back, gets a uh, the upper hand, and yeah. then he he sees a chance to run off, and he does. And then she opens the door, and Jerry O'Connell's there. That's right. And uh, he he's like, "Where did he go?" And so he chases after. Yeah. And then Dewey shows up and was like, "What's going on?" She fills him in, and then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go chase him." And he has a limp, and his hands all fucked up, which yeah. is awesome because he got severely hurt in the first movie. Yes. And he's walking all weird, and his hands all limped up and stuff. So he they find. Uh, Jerry O'Connell in like this hallway and his, and he's, his, his arm is cut. cut like wide open. Yeah. So they bring him in, fix him up and they question him. Yes. And they're like, what the hell is going on? Because, you know, like, it's pretty convenient the, that you just got cut and not killed. Yeah. And based on the first movie, it was the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, Gail and Dewey have some interesting tension here because yeah. there was like some sparks flying in the first movie. He's very mad at her very. because she portrayed him basically as an idiot. As a Barney Fife. Yeah, in her Deserve, book. Yeah, her words. Um, and he's got it memorized, too. Dewey is hurt. Dewey's a sensitive guy. Yeah. And uh, he thought he had something special with Gail, um, lady who's kind of out of his league. And she's just a terrible person, but he loves her for some reason. She's out of my league. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so he's like quoting her book to her. Yeah. Um, I can read Miss Weathers. Yes. Um, however, 
there's some chemistry there, and she, you know, she convinces him that they have to work together again. Uh, and she feels sorry for him. She does. She's all like, I shouldn't have written those yeah, those terrible she, things. She apologizes for it, but you know, she makes the point like we gotta we gotta we gotta do this for Sydney. Like that's the yeah. whole thing. Like this is happening again. Um, you know, the band's getting back together. Um, is this when they get, is this when they're on campus together and they get the call in like the, the, uh, like the quad area? Um, dude, I'm blanking on it. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Again, we're terrible. No, I don't know if anything else happens before that, but I do know that like the next big sequence is the, like they're on the quad. And um, they're talking about this Gail, Dewey, Sydney, um, and Randy. And then, of course, uh, somebody's cell phone rings and it's Ghostface. Yes. And so um, Gail and Dewey are running around looking for somebody. It's Randy's phone that rings. Gail and Dewey are running around looking for yeah. somebody on a cell phone yeah. while Randy's trying to keep the killer busy on the phone with his uh, expertise of horror films. Yes. Um, which, of course, leads to him getting pulled into the uh, news van mm-hmm. and uh, killed, very surprisingly. Yes. Um, I did not expect um, Randy to die. Uh, and when I watched this again, um, I was still shocked Um because I didn't remember that he did die, but uh, he he definitely does. Oh um, yeah. And uh, Randy becomes the next victim here. Um, and then of course Gail's new uh, cameraman very upset because his his news van is now a crime scene, and uh, and he's like, "Yo, look, I don't need any of this." He quits. He like leaves Gail on her own. Like he is not interested in being a part of this and his news van's been compounded so he's just like nah see you guys later Mm -hmm. um uh meanwhile uh by the way sydney's dealing with a lot of trauma throughout this movie obviously um yes but uh she's in this uh weird play um i don't know what it is I'm sure it's famous or something. It, if you know what it is, it might be unless It might be unless Craven just made it up. Um, no, I'm sure it's something that's popular. But uh, or the doctor from uh, uh, Secret of the Ooze is directing. <laughs> was him, wasn't it? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> um, that actor's name I can't think of, but he's he's really great. And he's also in uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, but. Mm. Um, yeah, but he's uh, and he's got some giant blue jeans on himself, <laughs> and uh, so he's directing this play where like all the characters. Well, Sydney, I was talking to him out in the um, while they're practicing. She's out in the the chairs talking with the mm-hmm. director, and she's spouting off about how I'm going to quit the play because everything's just my life is just fucking crazy. And, and he's he, like, uh, "You got to use it. Yeah, you got to use that." Terror. But what he's saying is beautiful and saying that she's a strong person and yeah. can overcome all this shit. And then she's all like, you're just desperate to have me in this play. And he's like, yeah, I don't have an understudy. Please do this. Yeah. Um, and so they, they kind of perform a scene. Um, it's like a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of surrounded by these shrouded characters 
and uh, um, welding knives. Yeah, it's like some sort of uh, they're sacrificing her to yeah. some god or some some. Yeah, it such looks very thing. like Roman or Greek or something. Something or, yeah. to that. To that um, but they the characters do toss her around, passingly look like Ghostface a little bit, like. You can now, was Ghostface there, or was yeah, that he her was imagination? Nah, I knew he was okay. I believe he was there. I thought they were kind of, kind of getting deep or something. <laughs> I thought they were. I thought they right were there. too, but based on the Three Stooges way that Ghostface yeah. shows up, yeah. like, um, which <laughs> it I'm then not, runs out. Yeah, I'm not knocking it. I love it. I'm just yeah. saying it's silly, but I think he was probably there. Okay. Um, and based on who ends up being Ghostface this time around, he he doesn't seem like a subtle guy. Um, so, um. <laughs> so Ghostface she's seeing Ghostface and she's trying to avoid him and then the people in the play realize she's not doing stuff the way she's supposed to and then she collapses she starts screaming she's yeah. freaking out but then Ghostface isn't there so she thinks that she is crazy yeah um, and she thinks that she's just seeing him um, <clears throat> um okay so the the uh, <clears throat> The police assigned two undercover agents to walk with Sydney at all times. Yeah. So they take Sydney out to take her somewhere safe or something where she can get her shit together. And uh, that's when um, they're driving and Ghostface pops up out of nowhere while they're they're going down the street in their car. Yes. Um, So that's when, uh, and that's when they, is this when the car crash happens? Yes. Oh, this scene is awesome. Yeah, it's great. This is so good. Uh, A lot of good tension in this this scene. Ghostface is driving the car. There's Mm -hmm. a couple really amazing set pieces in it. This is one of my favorites. They're stopped at a stoplight and they're talking to Sydney and her roommates there just for emotional support. And, um, they're just having a conversation about, you know, like, where are we going? And they're like, well, if uh, I tell you, we have to kill you. Some safe house that yeah. they've set up. And they're joking around, and they're at a red light. And then all of a sudden, Ghostface just jumps up out of nowhere yeah. and just uh, kills uh, the the driver. Because yep. he drives off, his dead body falls over, and, and he the dead body hits the gas pedal. Yep. And they run into the fucking thing, and uh, the other officer... Gets a fucking pole through his head. Yeah. So um, and they're trying to get out of the car. It's a cop car, so they're is. caged into the back. Sydney and the roommate so they are have caged to go in out, the back. They have to go out through the front where Ghostface is like knocked unconscious. Well, I also forgot to say while the car was out of control, Ghostface jumps into the car uh-huh. and is part of that crash too, and yep. is knocked unconscious. And so Sydney. Um, at first, she's gonna like pull off his mask to see who it is, but then well, the, she, the 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 cage part of the back seat comes is bent a little bit, so she's so they crawl, crawl through, through that, through and that's some really good tension right there. It's cheap, but it's good tension. It's good, man. <clears throat> it's um, like she literally has to get in Ghostface's lap to get out of the car. She's about to pull his mask off, and then she accidentally hits the car. The car horn. horn. This yeah. is another cheap like yeah. jump, but it's a good one. And then she's and then at that point she's like, I don't even care. Who she's this like, is. yeah, let's I gotta get out. out. Here. So she's trying to like get out across him, um, but of course, uh, fucker wakes up and um, is her roommate dies here. Right? Her roommate gets yeah, killed. Yeah, that's right. Um, how does Sydney get away here? She, um, doesn't someone pop up and help her? Is it Dewey? No. While, uh, 
he kills her name was Haley, yes. the roommate. He kills her, and while that's all going out, Sydney runs. She just runs takes off, off, yeah, and gets away. That's right. Um, and this is when um, we cut to Gail and Dewey figure um, that the cameraman's camera was on the whole time Randy was being killed. So they, so they go, go to- in. They go to view the tape to see if there's any clue to see who the killer is. Yeah. So they're viewing the tape. But then things get heated sexually because, yeah. uh, you know, she's apologizing again and Dewey's explaining that it hurt him. And then the sparks start to fly again. So then they start like they start hooking up right there. Um, and as they're making out on the table. Another yeah. TV comes on yes. with another side of footage mirroring theirs, but from a different angle. Yep. And they're like what and they're like what is what is where's this coming from and then it cuts to another thing then it cuts to another thing then it cuts to like a live feed of them of in them. that auditorium yeah. watching and then you look up at the booth and there's ghost Ghostface waving at them <laughs> he's just <laughs> like hey guys hey y'all like my movie <laughs> um this leads to like probably my favorite set piece of the movie is uh gale the chase yeah yeah Running, uh, Ghostface chasing Gale through. Uh, this is all a um um a film college. Like yeah. this is where like it's definitely an they're arts running college. around in this auditorium. Or it's like a, the the classroom part, yeah. and they run into the uh, soundproof booths yeah. where they're being the where the editing takes place and the voice recording takes yep. place. All this and that, and the soundproofing plays in. It's with so the good. Chase. This whole this whole set piece is great. I very love, good. It's very tense. She's trapped in that booth. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees. Uh, is Dewey get stabbed here again? Yep. Yeah. Stabbed Dewey gets, again. Dewey's fucked up in this franchise. Yep. Um, yeah. So, but she's trapped on the other side of that glass, banging on the glass. Yeah. Um, or is Dewey trying to get? No, she's trying to get Dewey's attention because he sees. She sees that it's coming uh, up Ghost Face him. is in the same room with him. Yeah. Uh, and gets, of course he can't hear it yeah uh, he gets stabbed and Ghostface sees her so mm-hmm. he runs around so he doesn't mm-hmm. finish Dewey off because he's trying yeah. to get to her she kicks that fucking shelf down like blocks a blocks sh- it. metal shelf with uh, video tapes and yeah. reels and shit he's trying to smash the, through the glass but he's unsuccessful and then, that, uh, that's soundproof glass you're gonna have to get a fucking he threw like a fucking stool he threw it. a stool <laughs> it's, not gonna, it's not gonna break that glass um now if you've been smart I bet Dewey had a gun on him <laughs> uh, but uh you know ghost face big old dummy mm-hmm. um yeah, so he's not able to get to Gail, and then uh, somebody else shows up, so he has to fuck Cotton off. shows up. Cotton shows up. Because uh, he just runs off. Ghostface just runs off, so that's says, right. fuck it. Yeah. And she's walking in the hallway. She gets out, then runs into Cotton, and she's all like, what are you doing here? And his hands are all bloody and of shit. Course. The red herring yep. moment. And she's all like, what? And he's all like, no, 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 I saw Dewey. I, I was trying to help him out, and blah, blah, blah. And then she takes off. When she leaves the building, she runs into someone we met earlier, but we didn't address. Um, Lori Medcalf, her character. Oh yeah, she is Jackie a, from uh, Roseanne. Yeah, she's like a local reporter. Yeah, f- um, she's for the local newspaper. Yeah, she's like working on this same case, and, uh, and she's, she's clearly she's trying to get in with Gail, and yeah, uh, she's she w- just annoying the shit out of Gail, and, and she's Gail, always at the right place at the right time. And Gail believes that um, uh, Lori Metcalf's character is just trying to model herself after Gail, so yeah. she's like, you know. 
um, she kind of she gives her some shit too. She's yeah. just like, uh, you, you're trying to be like me and like blah blah blah. blah. So, so she runs into her outside mm-hmm. and she's all like, "What what's going on?" She's like, "Cotton's the killer. Cotton's the killer. Cotton's the killer." Then she runs up to the fucking payphone and starts. You clearly acting like she's calling someone. Yeah, but she's, absolutely. She's not. Yeah, as we find out later. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, that's really memorable. So what? What comes after that? Um, is this when? Uh, is this when like Jerry O'Connell makes good with Sydney, and he gives her like his letters and stuff? And that, was gets, that, that was earlier. That was when they sh- they did the whole stupid sing and dance number. In yeah, the but this hap- but this moment this happened- leads to um, right when the uh, cops took Sydney to take her to the safe place. Yeah, they um. They cut to Jerry O'Connell being jumped by, by his, his frat brothers because you're not supposed away. to give the the necklace with the uh, yeah. frat letters on them away. I guess so. They do a hazing ritual. They fuck with him, tie him, him up. On a cross they go to thing. that that the stage where that play was taking place yeah. where all the weird Greek people were uh, jumping around or the gods or whatever the fuck they whatever were supposed, supposed to, be, to be demons. Yeah. Um, they tie him to the set. They're fucking with him. They're drinking, having a good time, just giving him shit for giving the letters out. But um, that's when uh, Courtney Cox meets up when she just ran from Lori Medcalf and leaving Cotton and all that, the yeah. whole Dewey thing. Um, runs into Sydney, and then they take off into that auditorium where that play is. And yeah. then that's where they see Jerry O'Connell. Uh, has been tied to that thing, and his mouth is taped shut. Yes, and uh, and then that's when Ghostface appears. Yes, and then this is the climax to the movie. Yeah, boy, I I, I forget how how quickly these not first a lot two of movies, fucking around in this one too, except for that stupid singing dance number that yeah, could have been cut. That yeah, was just that was ridiculous. I guess that was supposed to like make us laugh but I, I was literally just filled with anxiety and i was like this is embarrassing like you're a nerd <laughs> <laughs> nerd <laughs> oh yeah so um uh has um so does ghostface reveal himself here yes okay and it's uh, this is where we find out it's mickey yes um which we didn't talk a lot about, but no. he is a film student. He's Jerry O'Connell's best friend. Yes. So he's, he's been around Sydney a lot. Yes. Yeah. But he's acting like that Jerry O'Connell was in on it with him, like Stu yeah. and Billy. Yeah. Um, and uh, To turn Sydney on him. Because so, um, didn't Sydney have a weapon? Or maybe not. Oh. He was just remember. trying to do this to get Jerry O'Connell killed by yes. someone other than him. So other than him, but yeah. then he kills him anyway. Oh yep. no, no, um, yeah, because he That's has right. a gun and That's he right. shoots. He shoots Jerry O'Connell in the chest. That's right. Um, so uh, you know, and he's kind of like unveiling his again his master plan. Yep. His whole thing is that um, like he wants to be he's going to be famous. Like when he goes to prison, um, whatever his whole plan was like, you know, he's going to be famous for these murders or whatever. Um, but, uh, Lori Metcalf shows up and he's like, you were right about Debbie one thing. Salt I did have to have a partner. 
and it's uh, Laurie Metcalf. And when Sydney finally sees her, because they haven't run up against each other at all, yeah. Sydney's like Mrs. Loomis, and we—that's the and big we twist. Find out, no, it's Billy Loomis's mom. It's Billy's mom, and she's getting revenge because Sydney killed Billy, her son, even though he's a psycho killer. That's still her boy. And then you find out that um, Mrs. Loomis partnered up with Mickey was so she could have that to be a partner she would pay his tuition that's right and he could go to school for free and then yeah. become famous and all yep. this and that that's and how they they hooked up but then she then she kills mickey turns on him immediately yeah mickey's the one just, doing all the killing yep but then she shoots him because he's just a patsy she's dead like, weight she yeah. just was using him to get to sydney yep and uh, which is a little convoluted because she could have yeah. just killed Sydney if she wanted to. Yeah. Um, or was she planning? Was she planning to blame all this on Sydney? Yeah, I think so. That's what it was. That's the crux of these movies is always that the killer is blaming somebody else yeah. for the like. It's always a frame job that never works. Spoilers. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, Mrs. Loomis reveals her whole thing. Just good old-fashioned revenge. Um, which is uh, something we didn't talk about in the first movie. But um, uh, when they're talking about, well, what's the motive? And Randy hits the point, like, it's the 90s. Motives are irrelevant. Um, well, they were like, did uh, Norman Bates have a motive? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. But he did. The, the last shot of the movie where the, was the cops <laughs> explaining his motive. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they get a couple things wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we, she, but she says just good old fashioned revenge. Yeah, good old fashioned revenge. Lori Metcalf delivers. Um, and your uh, mother ruined my life and you ruined my son's life. Therefore, I'm going to ruin your life. And then, uh, Cotton shows up. Mm-hmm. Well, as they kill Mickey, yes. and as he's falling, his gun goes off and shoots Gail, and she's all like, "Huh!" and falls yeah. off the stage. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Cotton appears, and uh, Lori has the gun on uh, Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Cotton's like, "If you do this, Diane Sawyer interview with me, like, uh, you know, I I want my fifteen minutes." Like he is just obsessed. He's obsessed. I, yeah. Even in this fucking weird <laughs> this time, he's like, "You have to situation. do this with me, or I will like, not you save you." To- and uh, Sydney says, you got it, or whatever, and then he <coughs> fucking blows away uh, uh, Laurie Metcalf's character. Mm-hmm. Cotton saves the day, then they mention that the... Actually, was it Gail that shot her? Was it? No, I uh, thought... Mickey threw a gun into the cra- like into the little orchestra pit thing that she fell into. Yeah, I thought she shot Mickey when he came back. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Cotton That's right. shoots Laurie You're Metcalf. Right. You're right. And then they're always like... Then they they yeah, make they some reference come to back. how the killer and always Mickey comes back. Mickey literally jumps up and goes ah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I think that's when Gail fucking blows him away. That's right. Um, and uh, and then there you have it, man. It's another uh, another happy ending. Um, what we did not talk about is the uh, the song that's played in these first two movies. Red right hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of sets the tone for the movie. Yeah, um, it's later. played in the, once in the first, twice in the second. Yeah, and then uh, we'll we'll talk about it in the third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to talk about in the third movie. 
but yeah, and that's another uh, that's another wrap on uh, another Scream film. Yeah, Scream two. Um, it's real good, man. Like yeah, uh, solid, solid is, sequel. Uh, sequels do, and they mention it in the <coughs> film. Sequels do drop off steep sometimes. Yeah. Um, this one. Uh, this one, while not as good as the original, it's pretty fucking close, man. It's, yeah. It is really well done. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, you know, Billy's mom uh, being the force behind the new ghost face, I really like that. I, I did too. It, I think it's simple enough that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not nearly as fucking weird as the next one. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it totally Tune worked. in next week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, tune in next week. We're going to talk about Scream 3 and 4. Um, mm-hmm. But anything else you want to say uh, this week about Scream 1 and 2? Great films. Yeah, this is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I mean, I can't recommend Scream 1 and 2 enough. Yeah. Uh, Currently, at the time of this recording, um, all of them are streaming. It, yeah. Um, one, three, and four are on Netflix. Two is on the Stars app. Uh, two is coming to Netflix October first. There you go. There you go. And I believe all well, four. Which will one? Be, all four will be I there. I was like, watch them there. take the other three away. <laughs> they'll take down one. They do shit like that. Um. Yeah, I bought that ten bucks to own all four movies. I thought it was a fucking steal. Um, yeah. even if it's digitally. So I went ahead and, and went for it. Of course, now they put the second one on Netflix, so I didn't have to do that. But you know what? Next year, when I feel like watching it, uh, I'll own it, and it'll be right there. And uh, so I won't have to worry about... the. Uh, um, I bought the... Uh, they sell one, two, and three on in a Blu-ray pack on Amazon. It was 10 bucks. Yep. I bought it. I almost and it comes that. with uh, two documentaries. I didn't get around to watching those yet, but I, I wanted to, just yeah. didn't have time. Yeah. yeah man uh i don't own four but it's on netflix and, and watch it anytime yeah so until they uh, take it off go back check out scream one and two uh wes craven's uh master slasher piece and <laughs> <laughs> the only um, director to have two iconic Horror I mean, villains under his belt. Too, we talked man. about that. Like, it's I mean, Carpenter. Crazy. You can argue Carpenter. Okay, for well, like Michael Myers and like um, Snake. Snake. Well, he wasn't a killer, but that's true. But I I'm guess just, if you just broaden it to characters, yeah. Um, even um, uh, the thing itself, yeah. even though it doesn't have a solid form, Carpenter had a lot of just stand out works yes but what we're talking about is a full-blown franchise Franchise. um Mm -hmm. you know what what i'm just trying to think about it but you know toby hooper did texas chainsaw massacre which is still going he also did poltergeist which also went into its own franchise yeah, Not, but those sequels aren't as famous. That's true. They, they have their lovers, but you know, the people love those sequels. But, yeah, that's uh, they true. Have their but fans, it's a little... I should say, <laughs> they have their lovers. They have their lovers. I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's um, true, but it's still not it's as the closest thing. It's not the same. Freddy Krueger and Ghostface. No, it's not the same. Those are two like, like I mean, they're both icons. It's yeah. like Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, Ghostface, Michael Myers, Michael Myers, like. 
those are the ones. Um, yeah. And two of those are by the same guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, the Toby Hooper thing was just the closest thing I could think of. I'd give you that. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's very different for sure. If you know anyone else that we're missing or blanking on, carpenterrantspond at gmail.com. Yeah, do it up. Yeah, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Carpenter Ranch. Just look us up. We're there. We'll talk to you on Facebook. Uh, Caleb will post some funny shit on Instagram. Twitter's pretty much dead. Pretty much. Because Twitter's fucking toxic anyway. Get off of it. Um, Nobody interacts. The best place to interact with is Facebook. I, I'll put stuff on the Instagram page just for just to, just to for fun. Yeah. But, um, like, you know. I, I talk to people. I, yeah. uh, Miss Laura, uh, she's, she's a listener out of Chicago, and she always has really nice stories. She's an avid horror fan, loves Stephen King. She's read, like, all the books. When she would listen to our podcast, she was like, well, in the book, this would happen. And I was like, thank you for this. I love that. This is great information. She's edging Tom out. Tom, you're slacking, bud. You got <laughs> Come on, Tom. Jeez. You're going to let this Laura lady uh, take that number one fan spot? Mm. Better. Uh, hey, Carrie, what's up? Um, I told Laura, you know, she's in Chicago, and we'll be in Chicago, and there's another horror con while we're in Chicago. Oh, shit. I was like, maybe we'll see you there. Um... I'm gonna do a little, uh, do a little horror horn shoe. Oh, or you want to do it for these episodes? Well, we'll do it for this one. We won't have anything for next week because okay, we can't I, was, do... I was closing it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I know you were. I just was gonna kick a little horn okay. shoe in there. Just a couple things that well, uh, I'll just come back and do we'll it. We'll want to address. Okay. Um, uh, it's Caleb's horror horn shoe. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, so a uh, little trailer talk. Saw a trailer. <gasps> Sent Saw it to a you. trailer <laughs> of a man <laughs> named. <laughs> Saw two trailers actually, and they're both. Saw right two here. trailers. <laughs> uh, the first one is in the tall grass. In the tall grass. Netflix original film uh, mm-hmm. based on a, a no- is that what you sent us in the group message? A novella by Stephen King and Joe Hill. I, I yeah, I watched that. Um, like trailer. I said in my text to you guys, very Stephen Kingy. Very. Um, looks kind of cool. I mean, I'll the fact that they're dropping it on Netflix means I'll check it out. Like, when was it coming out? I think it's out. <laughs> Already? Um, maybe not. Um, maybe it's coming out later this year. It's coming out this year for sure. Okay. Uh, people wander into some tall grass, and then they get trapped there. As <gasps> if the tall grass is alive. Um, and some of those people are Patrick <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. Um, I love Patrick Wilson. God, he's so great. He's so good looking. <laughs> he is <that. laughs> For uh, real, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, check out the trailer for uh, In the Tall Grass. Looks pretty. Uh, Looks, uh, Miss Laura, have you read the uh, the original uh, work that novella? this comes from? Uh, let, let us, us know. know. Jinx. Um, the other trailer I saw, which uh, I didn't know was a movie they were making, it's very timely because we talked about it once before, but we've also talked about it very recently. And there is a new movie coming out called Scream Queen. Okay. My Nightmare on Elm Street. And what? it's all, yeah, uh, Scream, comma, Queen is the name of the film. Okay. My Nightmare on Elm Street. And it is literally a documentary about uh, Mark Patton, who was the star of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And it's all about how that movie is just like a giant 
Oh, uh, for the gay community? And, yeah. And, oh, okay, that's it, cool. It's an entire documentary about it. When, about is it. this on Netflix or is it uh, uh, The trailer the just came out. Um, and I have no, I didn't, I've, no I looked info, and I yeah. couldn't find any information about info where it's to be, be determined. Um, maybe it'll be something you have to rent digitally or that's cool. But yeah. Uh, yeah. That has a big, um, um, uh, following them within the gay community. And as, um, I can't speak for them. So sorry if I'm misinterpreting this, but what I've heard from, uh, random, you know, magazine articles and podcasts that, uh, this movie has helped a lot of people come out of the closet to their family and friends, and uh, it's a big aid in the uh, dude. I mean, the gay community, and it's we, a very uh, uh, iconic film for them. When I watched it, I'd never seen it before, mm-hmm. and I watched it on the first real episode of this show. Go yeah. back to the archives, listen to the Dark Star episode if you want to hear me talk about the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> franchise. Because I fell asleep and didn't watch the movie. Yeah, but we had a real nice talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. and in that episode, I ask you, I'm like, there's like, there's some real gay undertones about yeah. this movie. Yeah, I, I, I was like, that's yeah, one of the most homoerotic movies I've ever seen. Yeah, and then you were telling me about it, and then there's an entire documentary about the star of the that's movie awesome. and what it means yeah. to it. So, I'm re- you should check out the trailer... Uh, Later, um, I'll what make sure it again? it's called Scream Queen. Uh, it, it's like My they're saying Scream Queen, comma Queen, yeah, okay. with an exclamation point, and then My Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, and it's all about him being in that movie, and it's all about him. Um, but uh, the trailer, the, looked, the star, yeah, okay, the trailer looked really good. Okay, uh, cool. I'll rem- that's I'll rem- awesome. I'll remember to send it to you so you can check it out, but uh, yeah, uh, very cool, very cool. Um, the new Grudge film takes place at the same time as the 2004 version. What? That's what it says right here. Um, yeah, being produced so, by Sam Raimi. Uh, he has a bad producing track record. Yeah, boogeyman. Um, so, like, boogeyman. is it the Grudge in a different house while Sarah Michelle Gellar is getting haunted in the other one? Uh, let's see. It's not a sequel. It's not a remake. This movie takes place at the exact same time that Sarah Michelle Gellar Grudge takes place. Is that literally all the info? So Sarah Michelle Gellar is doing her thing in Japan, and this is what's happening in America at that same time. It didn't take place in America. No, it didn't. That's what he's saying. Because this is a Japanese ghost story. Yeah. It has Japanese ghosts. Well... Apparently, some of those ghosts are in America. We just got to hog all the glory. What's yeah. going on in America during this Japanese haunting? Who cares? I'm here for the Japanese haunting. Just appropriating ghosts now. Mm-mm. Fucking America. Thanks, uh, Trump. If you're listening to this, the first episode of Creep Show, I believe, has come out. Comes out this Friday. Thursday. Thursday, whatever yeah. it is. So when you're listening to this on uh, on Tuesday. Oh, wait. No, it's coming out in two days. I got mixed up because this is coming out on Tuesday. True. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot what today was. Mm-hmm. Um, so Creep Show on Shutter starts two days from now. Thursday. Get excited. Hopefully it doesn't suck. Uh, we're talking about Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Apparently the uh, rights to a Nightmare I on Elm Street have, have gone reverted back to, back to the Wes Craven uh, uh, estate. Yeah. Apparently there's this rule that after 35 years. Um, that's how Sean Cunningham, I guess, got Friday the 13th back, but it's all tied up in legal disputes. Apparently, Victor Miller. Yeah. Um, 
so that's so he got the rights back and then so that's why that's all tied up in legal battles but they're saying there doesn't appear to be anything standing in the way from the craven um if somebody's if somebody's wanting to do another reboot if somebody and he wants it to be like a torch passing type movie which i think is way yeah give him the rub (laughs) give just give frank that rub so uh, may or may not see uh, New Nightmare very, very soon. Not the Ooh. film New Nightmare, but yeah. Um, I think that is going to be just about it, except for, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Rob Zombie. He had a uh, he had a little film come out last week. Uh, very limited engagement theatrically, because mm-hmm. I believe... Uh, this movie is super independent. There's no studio paying for this. Um, he wanted to make this third movie, um, which is pretty split down the middle. People loving it, people hating it, um, which seems like that's kind of his audience. Um, <clears throat> uh, however, uh, made uh, made about $2 million on 1,000 screens. It's pretty good. And uh, it's coming back out again in October for one night only. Um, because uh, they kind of went with like a non-traditional release for this, I guess, because they didn't really have the budget for it. So mm. instead of putting it straight on uh, video and digital, they had like a three-day theatrical run. Um, but they're they're bringing it back for one more day in October. So mm. uh, if you're a Rob Zombie fan, uh, go ahead and uh, check it out. It's out there. No interest. Yep. Same. Uh, but this is a hard podcast, and somebody might have that interest. So I'm gonna give them the I'm gonna give them the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, speaking of Rob Zombie, that brings me right to my only rants recommends for the week. Um, okay. Uh, Rob Zombie was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, it's a little over. It's like almost two and a half hours. Rob Zombie does not ever really do this ever for like extended periods of time like this so um if you want to like listen to the guy talk uh at length i'm a huge and i find him very interesting it's just like his like solo music and then his film career is not really my cup of tea but as a person i find Mm. him pretty fascinating and i love fucking white zombie you know yeah so just listening to him talk about movies that he loved and like music that he loved with joe rogan for like two and a half hours is really really entertaining okay and i just like him because he's awkward like he seems he gets like by the time they're done talking he's very comfortable the first 20 minutes he adjusts the microphone like every two seconds like he's constantly fidgeting he's he's an anxious guy yeah and he talks there's one part of the interview where he says like um, you know, if there's like four or five people want to talk to me, I can't handle that. And Joe Rogan's like, dude, you play like sold out arenas. And he's like, that's very different. Like, um, people always ask me, like, do you want to go back to like smaller clubs, intimate settings? And I'm like, God, no, just make it as impersonal mm-hmm. as possible because that, you know, uh, he's just an anxious guy. And, uh, he tells, um, whether you like his films or not, he's tells some very interesting stories about, um, when he's making them and, uh, like, uh, what happened with Universal and uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. It's, it's a great listen um, or watch. You can listen to the podcast or you can watch it on YouTube uh, either way. Interesting. Um, I may check that out. Yeah, they talk about old horror movies. They talk about music. They just talk about other stuff that's not even related to that. 
but um, you know, <laughs> it was it was really really uh, a fascinating uh, watch and listen. That's cool. So check out Joe Rogan on uh, YouTube or uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, and uh, check out that Rob Zombie interview. It was really really cool. Hmm. Oh, I did have another rants recommends. Okay. I watched American Horror Story, the first episode. Yeah, I saw uh, Miss Laura again posted on her Facebook. She's like, um, I just watched the the first one, and it's a love letter to those slasher movies. Dude, it's awesome. I was like, I didn't even realize it started because uh, <laughs> I don't do anything but watch movies for the podcast. It is awesome. It is, I mean, they're taking influence from like every major slasher, and they're not being subtle about it, which is great. But it's li- there are literally so far the in the first episode it is extremely Friday thirteenth heavy and Halloween heavy mm, um, okay. with scenes that are just like ripped right out of those movies. But the characters are I mean it's great, dude. It's exactly it's exactly what you want. If they keep this up for the whole season, it's gonna end up being my favorite season. Um, okay. Just based on this first episode. Well, the first episodes always start out all, strong. Of yeah, every they season. really do. So. We'll and then see. you usually jump ship around the third. We'll fourth. see how it plays out. Um, but <clears throat> very, very strong start. Everything is... Where did you watch it? Did, on, on FX? Uh, on FX, okay, yeah. I don't have anything like that. Do they redo it on Hulu the next day or anything like that? Mm-mm. Cool. Well, be, well, I will never watch it. <laughs> it'll be on Hulu or Netflix like after the season's over. Um, <laughs> but it is... Uh, it is really dope. Um, okay. Man, it's awesome. Uh, it Also, here's the other thing about it. It was like 45 minutes. Okay. They didn't do a fucking hour and 80 minute episode. Like they, you know, because this is one of the things, that's one of the problems I have with FX is like they don't really like put any like time constraints on their shows. So like our half hour shows are 45 minutes and our hour long shows are six years long. Like they just like <laughs> allow them, to, but I'm like, let's tighten it up like make them do it in the normal 42 minutes or whatever why, those why shows do they do are. that huh why do they do that i don't know they just let them all their shows are like that oh i've never noticed i never watched anything on that oh so man yeah if you, like they'll just and they're and the episodes are different lengths every week it's crazy based on whatever they want to do weird but um this one is like short and sweet tight normal hour-long episode but 45 minutes without commercials but um it's awesome, man. You meet uh, you meet your teens, you meet your you meet your killer. You get his backstory as told by a campfire. Um, there's an opening. There's a fucking opening like kill scene. Uh, it's just it's cool. awesome. The music is all super eighties and like synthy and just nice. It's awesome, dude. It's awesome. Just based on one episode again. Mm. We've seen, Hopefully it doesn't fucking jump the shark. We've early. seen it go bad uh, yeah. before. So, uh, yeah, those are the only two things I think I checked out this week. Okay. Um, I got nothing. Nothing. That's fine. Um, yeah, so check out Rob Zombie on Joe Rogan's podcast. Check out uh, American Horror Story 1984 is the name of the series. Okay. On FX. Uh, that's it for Scream 1 and 2. Yep. Yeah, I'll close it up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hit us up at carvingrantspod at gmail dot com if you want to email us any recommendations, um, criticism, <laughs> fucking 
biscuit recipes. I don't Ooh, give a shit. Just yeah. hit us up. You got a good biscuit recipe. Hit me up. Mm-hmm. Fucking, we're on our social media. We got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Don't just. Kendall doesn't run Twitter anymore. I mean, she does, but she doesn't update it. And I don't blame her because Twitter is just lame. It doesn't really get. I, I haven't. I I did the Twitter for a long time too, and I, I didn't. I mean, see Twitter the, in general is just a toxic piece of shit. Don't go there. Everyone there is just just sucks. Get off. There Twitter. were a couple of people. I just don't know that it. Ever and thank really, you for doing that. But I don't know that it ever. Twitter. I don't sucks. know if it translated into any downloads for us or anything. Well, I mean, we're getting more downloads now. Uh, we're on it. Instagram. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, it is 731-439-8821. U.S. listeners only. Sorry. Take that, Canada. Yeah. Don't call us. Mm-mm. You can email us. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, you can email us. I would love to read it. But, you know, call us. Tell us what's up. Call what us you with your scream? biscuit recipe. <laughs> what's your favorite scream? Is it three? I would love to hear why. Mm. Um, It's got to be somebody's favorite scream. Gotta be. Probably. Uh, and we were going to break that down next week. Next week. When uh, part two of our 90s finale rolls Scream on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Saying thank goodbye you. to the 90s yeah, next week. Forever. Oh, what's great about this is that if somebody's like, you missed this great 90s movie, we can always just do special uh one-offs well we're not saying goodbye forever i'm yeah, gonna cover other movies that were made in the 90s eventually i, I sure. assume yeah i'm sure yeah. um we're not dedicating a whole series to no the but 90s. just like with stephen king or john carpenter or toby hooper if something happens well toby's not making any more movies but um mm. if something happens we'll dip our toe into it and uh and uh, well that's it really my ankles into it Ooh. uh <laughs> Thank you for listening to TCR 90s Nightmares. We've got one more. Listen next week when we unveil what we're going to be covering next for the month of October. It's going to be a good one. Um, Thank you for listening to TCR. We've been the nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. Keep on screaming. (gasps) I did. That's the name of the movie. That's why I did it. Oh, okay. Isn't that fun? for listening to the carpenter rants subscribe on itunes google play google podcasts stitcher or podbean and spotify